Welcome to When Grateful Hearts Speak, a podcast about gratitude and empowerment, demystifying the myths of yoga, while connecting our community in conversations without condemnation. Hey friends, we're back again, number 19 today with Brandon Ramaklis from Atlas Martial Arts here in Crestview, South Crestview. Um, Brandon, we're going to jump into asking you, you know, just a little bit about your childhood, where you grew up, how you grew up, what it was like for you growing up, and if you are from this area. If not, how did you get to this area? Uh, yeah, I mean, pretty much this area. We, uh, we were here from 83 to 90. Dad was a uh, military, uh, Air Force, Eglin Air Force Base. We were in Shalimar. We were on base for a bit, Eglin. Um, and then we moved to Scott Air Force Base, which is outside of St. Louis. From 90 to 95, which I considered my childhood that window, because for a little boy, 7 to 12, those are money years. You know, that's woods exploring, that's jumping in, that's just doing crazy boy stuff. Um, and then came back in 95, just in time for, uh, what was that hurricane? Opal? Um, there was right. Andrew and then Opal, yeah, boom, boom. We had just moved in the house. Florida um, six weeks before that. Mm-hmm. Yep, so, well, so we were there yeah. right around the same time frame. And we then were in Lynn Haven then, Florida. That was the storm bad over there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was rough where we are. We stayed at, uh, my granny lived in uh, Valpy at the time. She had one of those old cinder block houses, uh, which my uncle lives in now. And that cinder block house was, uh, you know, I mean, you're not moving those things. So we, yeah. stayed, we stayed over there mm-hmm. uh, during the storm. But, uh, yep, lived here, graduated Knightsville High School in 2001, you know, 400 million years ago. Uh, worked in Destin, worked all around. I've been teaching martial arts since 1999. There was a, there was a gentleman in Niceville, C.D. Williamson Karate. I taught for him for about 10 years, off and on. Went to University of Florida uh, from 07 to 09, and then came back over in the gym-ish. But as far as childhood, what you would, you would ask me a question about childhood. You said something. What How was it was for you, what your experience like growing up? And awesome. Then... I mean, life's been good. But I'm also the type uh, that I, I've learned this now as an adult, like bad things just don't stick that much. Like now given as well, my life's been pretty good. So I mean... But even the things that happened that I had that were bad, it's like, eh, you know, like it, it'll hit you for a little bit and then I just move on and move on and move on. So I'm pretty, uh, pretty short memory for the bad stuff and very, very long memory for the good stuff. So like my childhood, all I remember are good things. Um, you know, running around on base. Uh, we lived at Scott Air Force Base, you know, like I said, from 1995, riding your bike all around town. You know, the, the, the memes that you see, like come back when the lights are on. Um, I remember you couldn't come in and out of the house. You know, like mom would be like, stay outside until lunch. Because, you know, you'd be trying to right. in and out with your friends and dirt. And now I understand it. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want one kids. To, you know, at the time, I'm like, why not? But now I get it. So you just go on your bike. You go, go, go. Lunchtime, come back, eat. And then back on the bike, go, go, go. And, like, no cell phone, no, no Apple Watch to keep track of you, no GPS. You were just gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you came back, hopefully in time. Otherwise, you got in trouble. Um, and that was cool because there's a sense of autonomy in that and a sense of, uh, I don't know, responsibility that you kind of learn. Keep yourself alive. Uh, yeah, for sure. Exactly. You know, whereas now, like I've got a three and a two year old and I am, I am the parent I used to make fun of. I'm a helicopter parent. I just like hover, hover, hey, be careful. Hey, and I've got to, I've got to stop because my kids are going to be weenies if it's up to me. <laughs> well, I mean, what, what's the difference? Because my parents were kind of the same and, and I had an older gentleman this morning. We were talking about being cold outside and he was like, it didn't matter if it was cold. Oh, my yeah, parents same with me. don't come in until dinner. Well, you know, well I remember not caring. How did we change? <laughs> Do you remember caring as a kid? No, no, the cold but didn't I, bother me. I don't me. think we were as attached to the electronics. You know, a lot of kids now, they spend so much time in 72 degrees that yeah. their body's not acclimated to other right. things. Whereas like when I was a kid, 
the temperature didn't matter because the only place you could have fun was outside. Right. Now, if it's cold outside, I'm just like, yeah, no problem. I'll pull out my phone. I'll pull out an iPad. You know, I can just escape into a world in my house. Whereas if imagine none of the electronics in your house existed and TV yeah. was kind of boring where you're like, well, Let's go outside. I want to go see my friends. I can't just text them. I can't just jump on Xbox with them. I have to actually get on my bike and go. Yeah. So if it's cold, it's cold. If it's hot, it's hot. You know, bring water. Who cares? Right. And you just figured it out, you know? You'd go to random houses and just hit the hose on the side of the house if you were thirsty and mm -hmm. get that metallic joy. <laughs> yeah, it's a very different world. Okay, so you've, you've, for the most part, grown up here. I didn't know you went to Florida. That's cool. What did you study? Uh, psychology. I, uh, I started out as a microbiology major for the first three years. Um, and, uh, you know, pre-med, like every other person on the planet, thinks they want to be a doctor. And then when I looked into what it was going to take or what would be involved, um, it seemed like the field was a nightmare. Um, so I was like, well, I'll go back to, I've always had an interest in psychology. Um, so I uh, finished in psychology. I worked for a couple different research labs while I was there, um, which was super interesting. But uh, uh, then when I graduated, so psychology is the quick answer, but when I moved back, I was gonna take the GRE and I was at Osaka in Destin and the lady who owns, do you know where Ararang is? Mm -hmm. That building, mm -hmm. it used to not have that stuff in there. She said, don't you teach you know, martial arts? And I said, yes, ma'am. You know, this was 2009, maybe September. And she's like, I have a building at Crestview. You should open a gym. Because at the time, it was, uh, I think, just Gordon Martial Arts or maybe the ATA school. So it was only like two schools. And she was like, the kids need more stuff to do. So um, instead of taking the GRE, I took that as a huh. sign from whoever. Mm -hmm. And then I had the LLC that November. And I had my keys to my building November 4th. I didn't end up in that building because at the time, I didn't have the vision I do now. Now, I would take that building in a heartbeat. But... Um, it was also close to uh, Gordon's gym, you know yeah. what I mean? So I was yeah. like, well, yeah. there's already stuff right here, so let me move to the south side where there's nothing. <laughs> um, but yeah, that kind of pushed me away from psychology, the GRE, all that stuff. Now there's another, I don't know how tangential you like to go on this thing, but um, the other thing is, the, the biggest focus was I wanted to impact other humans, the same way like you do. You know, you own a gym, you want to fix people, fix isn't the right word. You want to connect with other humans and hopefully bring them to a better place together. You know, it's the same with me, I need people to connect with, blah, blah, blah. Um, if I were to go on the psychology route, let's say you get a kid that does need another mentor or needs this or needs that. Well, if you bring me the kid and I need to build insurance, I've got to provide a diagnosis off the rip. So I've got to say, well, your kid's exhibiting symptoms mm -hmm. of this, this, this. So the first thing I'm going to tell a kid is they're broken. Like, I'm not going to meet a kid and tell you're broken. I get parents all the time bring me their kid. And they're like, my kid's this, 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 this. And I look at the kid. I said, oh, your kid's five. You know, <laughs> like and these parents, because these, there's a lot of money to be made mm -hmm. in speech therapy, occupational therapy. Uh, medications, you know, come to the GP every three months. It, like, there's money to be made, and we cloud our vision. Even me, you, you look at me. If you were to say, "Should I train martial arts?" I'm like, yeah, well, of course, I know just the guy. Oh, you want to train too? You want to train too? You know. So because it's my market, of course, I want people to train in it. So same with medicine, same with anything. And that would just, that's a whole separate conversation about the corruptibility of money. Not, not money's not evil, but just it puts things in our heads. You want people to train yoga because it benefits you now it's not a malicious thing it's just there yeah does that make sense mm -hmm. and if you come up in a particular mindset so i know i went from one thing to another thing to another thing but the reason i opened the gym is because the first time i meet a kid i'm not going to tell him something's wrong with him i'm going to say bro nice work let's go run around and play some zombies show me that punch you look like a million dollars see you tomorrow that's wonderful and were you sense? already practicing when you had that opportunity were you practicing while you were in school yeah i started in start uh, 1990 so school psychologist, you know, ADHD, all that nonsense. My mom had me on Ritalin from uh, uh, kindergarten to fifth or sixth grade, something like that. And uh, she still regrets it. Um, but she had me on that Ritalin. And she, you know, I got in a lot of fights. I was, I was a difficult kid, um, strong personality, you know, same type of people that 
push and open their own businesses and do their own things are also potentially going to be problems along the way, you know, because they're, they have a particular personality and they don't know how to meld that to the tribe. Don't quite just follow suit sure. into the box of society. Sure. And, and when you have a cookie cutter system, and I'm not denigrating the cookie cutter system, but that's what we have, um, there's no way to take a kid like that and help them excel because most teachers don't know how to make them excel either. I mean, the teacher went through a cookie cutter system and then went to college and now is in the cookie cutter system. So that you have to kind of step out of that to be able to say, well, how could I use that kid? You know, so either way, uh, ended up school psychologist, hey, you should stick him in martial arts for discipline, the same thing we tell every other. And so you, you know, started martial arts when you were younger. I was like seven, and, 1990, okay, Sheva so. Smith, Scott mm-hmm. from Space, he's a Tong Sudo guy, mean as all can be. Um, <laughs> So what would you tell parents that are in that situation? Like, you know, I am with my son. If he's not fitting into the cookie cutter system and things are hard and he just is so lovable and such a charming kid, but some teachers don't see it that way and he's not sitting there like he's supposed to be in quiet. But if he's not made for martial arts and he can only do sports certain, I'm not saying he's not made. No, no, I get you. Yeah, yeah, no worries. Love that. Mm -hmm. Or if, and he's only doing basketball and baseball certain hours of the day, what advice do you <laughs> How old is he? He's 12. He should be working. And that's a controversial thing. But think from a, we're a tribal species. Like we live in this isolationist, like I live in a castle. I literally have walls. The inside of my place is magically climate controlled. Like I have gates. I have camp. Like we live in tiny castles instead of in tribes. And so we're stuck with just dad, just mom, and then these random teachers that we're exposed to. So... The first thing I'll say is it's, it's an almost impossible problem because he needs to be a part of a tribe. At this point in the tribe, he would be going on hunting parties mm-hmm. or in a field or in a, he'd be doing mm-hmm. the man things. That's what he wants to do, mm-hmm. whether he knows or not. And I'm not talking just specifically about right. your son. I'm talking about that age group. Right. They're ready to do the man things. Mm-hmm. Like, let's go do this. Let's go do that. Um, you know, we don't have definitive rites of passage for young men, so they don't have in A to B, how to become a man. You know, we had a discussion. And I out when he's cutting an orange. <laughs> so that's on you. That's, you know, and I, I, we just got done saying, uh-huh. I can't remember if I said it before or after, but parenting. I'm yeah. completely the biggest weenie when it comes to my kids. Like today, we went down the big hill at Country View Park and my son was like, oh, this is kind of steep. Can you hold my hand? And I had done it yesterday. I held his hand. And today I was like, no, nah, you'll be right. You know, like let him just mm-hmm. go down a hill. It sounds silly. Whoever, if anybody listens to this, they're going to laugh at me. But like he's three and I don't want him to fall down. He needs to fall down. Mm-hmm. And I have to stop being such a weenie and just be like, yeah, time to do that. But back to your point, he needs to be in a tribe where there's men above him, not just dad. Dad's not enough. I won't be enough for my sons because dad is an imperfect being. But if you were to nest dad inside of 50 other men, all of the imperfections of those men get washed away amongst each other. And they're seen as a unit of men, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. So sure, dad's not great at, like me, I can't fix anything. But then this guy can, mm-hmm. and then this guy can do this, and this guy, and I'm speaking just to men right now because we're talking about a young boy, but this guy can do this. And so then the fact that my dad only does these things fits perfectly because now I see him nested inside of a structure instead of isolated. So he would need other mentors. He needs to be doing real things where he feels like he's getting value out of it. There's no value, and I apologize if you teach, I apologize if you're part of the public school system, but there's no value in just sitting and writing on a piece of paper. There's no value in it. And of course, there are things academically that we need to succeed in a modern world, but a lot of that is just babysitting and wasted time. So he could be doing so many, he could be at my gym right now, sweeping floors, you know what I mean? Doing this, doing that, and then I could explain to him, how do you do a sales call? 
how do you do this? How do you, you know, because we're, we're speaking modern world, you know, so we're not necessarily going to go hunt wolves, right. but how do you hunt like an the hunt? internship of some kind. Yeah. He, that's what he should be doing. He should be at a barbershop, mm-hmm. sweeping up the hair afterwards, mm-hmm. and then when they have a five-year-old kid come in who, you know, hey, we'll give you this haircut free, but he gets to do the front part, and then he's, you know <laughs> what I mean? And yeah. trying, but that's what he should be doing, because then he does work, he sees the result of his work, and he says, this is good, and then he respects the man who's showing him how to do it because he's giving value. They're both giving value to each other. Mm-hmm. And then he's more than happy to get that broom mm-hmm. because he wants to keep the guys in the shop happy. He wants to be a good member of the tribe. But when you go to school, it's some and random you're person. you're bad because yeah, you're yeah, not able to conform to what everybody sure. says you should be doing. It's yeah. tough. Now, given we very much need to be, con- we very much need to know how to conform. So it's bad on him for not for not knowing how to conform. And then it's bad on the system for not knowing how to, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a mutual relationship to some extent. Like, are we failing, are the kids failing us or are we failing them? And I would say it's us failing them. You know I mean? He's a kid, he's a moron, he's 12. What does he know? Nothing, I'm 40 and I'm barely starting to learn how to be a person, you know? Um, so you're really talking about like apprenticeships, mentorships, 100%, that kind of thing. 100%. So how do you, how do you see that manifesting in our community? You, you can't unless, uh, unless so. like we're going to homeschool. So like my boys will work, mm-hmm. um, you know, in the, whether it's in the gym or in a friend's business or whatever it is, you know, and people say child labor, I get out of my face. I don't care what you have to say. I'm not talking about in a factory, you know, or build, out the field building, doing something. Yeah. Well, he can be on the field now. Does he need to be out there for like 10 for hours eight, a day? Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Like if he's out there for, for a solid hour doing some work and then goes and plays and it comes back and hey, we need you to do this task. And then, you know, you think like farm life, you would have your boy do these sets of tasks. And then when he goes from task A to ask to task B, he's kind of exploring, he's messing around. You know, you, you can picture dad being like, bro, what took you so long? And it's cause he climbed a tree and he found a squirrel and he found this rock and he put it in his pocket. And, and that's kind of the, the, it's the same thing we talked about office work. I get up, you know, I don't work in an office, but let's say you work in an office, you do your five minutes of work and then you get up and you're walking over to your buddy's desk and then you're walking down the stairs and you're walking next door to get a sandwich and you're doing, you know, so like the same concept, a little bit of work and then off in la la land. Um, And to expect kids to do things that we can't do, you know, as far as like sitting, but to your point, homeschooling is becoming huge. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not something everybody can do. And the other thing is if you don't start them young, and have a strong enough respect relationship between you and the kid um, and a support network, it can be really, really hard because for just a mom, one mom to control kids is nearly impossible. I mean, you see that with uh, with single motherhood as a, as a whole is causing problems. You look at what, what are the prison population stats, you know, almost, what is it, 85% single mothers? Is that because moms are bad? No, 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 it's because it's an incomplete picture. Mm-hmm. The same way two-parent households are great, but then just imagine tribal households with like-minded people where, like I said, there's 15 different women and men or 50 or 20, whatever it is, that your kids respect and who back you up. Like if we're sitting here and your son walks in and he's disrespectful, it doesn't matter dad's not here because I'm like, are you, I'm assuming you're on drugs right now, right? Because where are you acting like this? You know, like, of course you're being ridiculous. Now, we would hopefully have, because we grew up tribally, a good enough relationship where he would walk in and see and he wouldn't even think about it because he already respects you, respects Mm -hmm. her, respects her, respects Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So like your kids are always going to push boundaries, but you can limit those boundaries through strong connections and then a group that's surrounding. Now, how do you find a like-minded group in a transient community? Very difficult, Mm -hmm. you know, because like where you're from, where you're from now, you're technically from here. I'm technically from here, but we're still very different people. You know, our, our, our ideas on what's right and wrong might be different. Now there's, I'm sure there's tons of overlap, but 
how do you find somebody, like we talked about Gayla, Gayla and I are in line with a lot of things, especially energy, you know, just like she's a good person to be around, but how do you find those people? Um, and that's tough, because I'm gonna have to find other men to help me raise my kids. How am I gonna find them? Mm -hmm. You know, I need to find other women to help us raise our kids. How are we gonna find them? You know, and that, that's hard. And then people are moving. Like, you know, if you get a new job and then you're gone and you rely on that person, now they're gone. We're, and that's, that's kind of the price of technology. You know? And having homeschooled and moved every three to five years, um, I, you know, at a time when it was just becoming sure. acceptable to do this, legal. Sure. Um, it worked out though, and we, and because we weren't around family, we had to depend on yeah, other you have people to. and find those like-minded. Was it hard so. moving because it was you were the primary tribe person, you and your son? Um, you know what I mean? It made it really. Easy. I mean, it wasn't always easy. Sure. But it made it easy. The consistency of our of their education was there, and especially with my son being dyslexic, right. um, and with my daughter being a self motivator, she it was you know she just kept her pace. My son was in that environment where I knew how to teach him and how he learned and and address that. So it it made it more and some places we lived were you know more difficult than others as right. far as connecting with other people did you start him uh, from the beginning homeschooled yeah for okay. for him yes my daughter went to kindergarten and first grade um in a private school a right. private school and then um then my son he was homeschooled until he went to public school for two years during the 13 to 15 age range um I see a lot of uh, homeschool families time. around here will do that. They get them up to that age where they're really ready to go and be a part of the mm -hmm. larger tribe, you know, and find their peer group. And then they'll start sending them to collegiate or to mm -hmm. public school or to whatever it is, you know. And that's when what so we young. did. But he, he finally, he came home. He, it was, well, he actually, I guess he was sick. He had just turned 16. He drove to school. And he came home and handed me his keys and his phone and brought me his laptop. And he said, I don't care what you do to me. I'm not going back. <laughs> Why? So, and he, well, because of the, because he was dyslexic, he was put into a box and he had a, he has a very high IQ though. And so he said, I don't think I'm better than anybody else, but I know that I am not like the people they're placing me in classes sure. with. And so uh, I said, well, come up with a plan. <laughs> he said, you got, I said, you have to have music, you have to have sports, and you have to have an education. Sure. So my daughter had done the American school um, program through um, high school. And so, uh, so I said, have, a, have, have, a, have some goals by dinner time. This was at lunchtime, he came home. And by dinner time, he had a plan and we went with it. And so he I also finished feel up. like you're a very good teacher. And because you did so, go yeah, on to teach Yeah, I was a public school. school teacher for a um, while. So for those of us so. like myself yeah. who would mm -hmm. much rather teach adults things like yoga, yeah, it's yeah. very hard because during COVID right. was awful with my son, but yeah. we were doing everything on com computer screens. Yeah, and yeah that, which that's a nightmare. <laughs> it was a complete nightmare. I had to beg him, like, okay, do this passage. Mm -hmm. We'll go jump in the pool. We'll mm -hmm. come back and do another right. passage. And basically that was kind of, you have to get into a flow and do it what works. What, or what, I, what worked for us. Yeah. We had to get into flow. Like I could not teach my daughter the same way I taught my son. They were completely sure. different learners. And um, 
and my daughter was, you know, she had her post-it notes and her index cards and was very organized. And my son was like, how much longer? You know, so, you know, so, well, you know. boys are more disagreeable by nature. Um, I mean, it's what makes us, what well, you have to understand, men are expendable by definition. You know, you can have one man and a million women and be okay as far as population-wise because you can repopulate. But if you have one woman and a million men, you can't go anywhere as a species. So men are expendable. We're designed to push against the chaos of the world and create order and by default die on the way, you know? So, I mean, we are worker bees that go out, some of us get squatted, you know? Um, so there's, there's an element of young boys want to be out doing things and they know when they're doing useless work. When they sit down and you tell them to write this thing about Hemingway, which, you know, Hemingway's great, wonderful. Like as an older man, I can appreciate him, but to tell a 12 year old to write uh, like to Wuthering Heights, you're gonna have him read Wuthering, get out of my face. Like, what are you doing? Stop. He's not gonna read it. He's gonna find the cliff notes or he's gonna Google it, Wikipedia and say Wuthering Heights, what is it? Oh, it's a bunch of blah, blah, blah women stuff. And when I say that, I'm talking from a 12 year old's mm -hmm. standpoint. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe there is great meaning and maybe Emily Bronte is the most amazing thing that's ever happened, but not to a 12 year old boy. You know what I mean? So we're just kind of setting him up for, for failure. Whereas I guarantee you, if you were to put him in Shop's not that everybody uses the word shop to define blue collar style work. Um, but take whatever you want. Like we talked about barbershop. We talked about take whatever. I don't care what it is. But put him in a place where he can produce something, he's gonna be a completely different human. Well, Assuming he doesn't it, have access you, to video games. You get their whatever their interest is. And even with, you know, public school, you can still incorporate that with your kids, but like I I mean my son was obsessed with weather from the time he was six years old <laughs> and weather patterns and everything he would want to he would want to watch the weather channel you know <laughs> so that's that cool. was his thing and then uh, sports and that's how i i taught him through letting him i mean he learned his letters from the sports page in the newspaper sure you know so find all the whatever that's and circle thing. them you know that kind of thing so but that you know i think finding the interest and teaching them to want to learn new information. Sure. Yeah. Not well, you got to find exciting information. Facts. Find yeah. exciting. So. Now, as to your, to your uh, point, mm -hmm. you know, you say she's an effective teacher and you're not, and you didn't, you didn't word it that way, but it doesn't have to be you doing the teaching either. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? There's so many programs and so many things, and I'm not against using Zoom or whatever it is if you have to. It just needs to be a, a limited resource. A kid mm -hmm. can't learn in front of a screen. They can to some extent. Well, it depends on the but, kid, but definitely not well, I think for the tangibly, majority. we're yeah. better in general yeah. Yeah. learning tangibly. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You put yourself in a position, wow. uh, a yoga position, you learn what your body is. Now, if I were to explain it to you, you'd be like, okay, blah, blah, blah. But then you do something, you're like, okay, something's hurting. You're like, well, it's that specific muscle. That's a way Well, we learn from body. concrete to abstract. Sure. So, you know, so you, concrete usually means it's interactive. You sure. know, you're, you're touching it, feeling it, hearing it, seeing it. You know, all of that. That's so. a great way to learn. Yeah. To me, I find that I didn't do enough of it. I've spent too many years in theory land and ideas land. I'm obsessed with, I listen to podcasts all day, every day. I'm listening to ideas all day, every day. I read books all day, every day. But I'm not, what's the word they use now? It's like not touching grass. You know, there's so many tangible things that I missed because my ideas are here, but I just wasn't grinding. Even this, like coming and sitting here and talking to you. Probably two years ago, I'm like, eh, no. But like, I need to be just engaged mm -hmm. does that make sense whatever engaged means mm -hmm. well you um, told us before we started recording that you or maybe no you did I, I always get confused what did we talk about before yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like, but you said you were on Ritalin as a kid and yep. your, that your mother regretted that decision yep. or putting you on that so 
how how is your brain working now to where you probably still weren't excited about coming and sitting here for an hour? No, I was. So. I went. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent excited because it's. I've had a, a mind shift just like last week, two weeks ago, the fifth, whenever that was. I went to a business conference. Never been to one before because I'm just. I need to be engaging with actual humans. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, but you said, no, I was still excited to come here. Now, how is it impacting my brain? It's funny you say that. I'd be very curious like, to see some longitudinal studies on, you put little kids on meth for five years, what does it do? Mm -hmm. How is my brain different now because I spent formative years under the influence of an amphetamine? Mm -hmm. how, did it impact me? Did it not? Does your brain recover? And I don't know the answer to those questions um, at all. You know, and then when I, you know, you said or my mom regrets it, um, for sure. You know, but she, and I know I said that. She's, uh, I will say this: she's an amazing mother, and she's amazing to my kids. Like she is unbelievable with my kids. Um, I like that she gets down on their level. She plays with them. She'll run around with them. She's, she's nuts, man. She's in her sixties. Well, she, we're always better grandparents than we are parents. I think right? we've learned our lesson throughout oh, the way. Oh, for sure. Well, that's the other thing we talked about uh, living in a tribe. We're not supposed to learn how to parent by ourselves. You're supposed mm -hmm. to be. From the age of eight, the eight-year-olds are taking care of the six and five-year-olds. Mm -hmm. The twelve-year-olds are taking care of the ten-year-olds. That you know, so like by the time you have a kid, you're like, I've already done this a thousand times. Whereas now, we've never seen a pancake get burned on a griddle, and someone's like, make pancakes. Mm -hmm. You know, that's one advantage I had coaching all these years, kids, is I've watched everyone else burn their pancakes, and I'm like, oh, good. That's how not to do it. And so now with my boys, now do I need to be um, push them into chaos a little bit more? Yes, I should probably not hover as much. But as far as like loving and spending time and prioritizing there's no issues you know I mean there's a huge connection between me and my boys I'm around all the time um, they sleep on me every single nap like it's there's no there's nothing I'm going to miss out on as far as that goes now will I still make mistakes oh I mean of course every day all the time but um, they are our biggest teachers I feel like our, our children yeah, and our spouses sure. our, our yeah. little well, we humans. definitely learn yeah. like, um, I, I'll push back on you I've heard people word it that way. I would prefer to word it that being in that circumstance of being a parent is the teacher. Mm -hmm. The kid doesn't teach me anything. The kid's a moron. They know nothing. When I say that, you know, I'm being funny. But um, the kid knows literally nothing, and that's where I think a lot of parents go wrong. It's my job to tell the kid how it is, not the kid's job to tell me how it is. And we always, you'll hear parents, and I know this isn't how you meant it, so I'm going to... You said something that other people say, and they think it means this thing, so I'm going to clarify. Okay, gotcha. Does that make sense? Yeah. So people will say like, my kids are gonna teach me X, Y, Z, and no, 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 you're in a circumstance that's gonna teach you. Your kid literally knows nothing, nothing. And it's your job to tell them, like your son, this is what's appropriate, this is how to behave, this is how to carry yourself. You have to give them a framework. Like you'll hear people say that, I don't wanna stifle creativity. That's an absurd notion. I cannot be creative with yoga until I know the positions. I have to know what yoga is to be creative. Otherwise I'm just flopping on the floor like a ding dong. You would have to show me there's this, 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 playing piano. I have to know what the keys do. I have to know what the notes are. Now, you don't have to know the names for the notes. But we have to know what the game is before we can be creative with the game. So that's just, I know I went from one thing to another thing to another thing, and I apologize. But um, you're, I, I agree 10,000% that being in the circumstance of being a parent is a huge learner. You know, because we have to learn how to be patient. We have to learn, like, I can't let my temper when my boy gets on my nerves. I don't need to scream every time. You know, I don't need to slap him. I don't need to, you know. Um, right, like when and can I think I, that's what you meant. When can I bite my tongue and allow right. them to just mess up so that they are learning? And, sure. I, and in fact, that's teaching me to be a little more patient. Sure, like, 100%. There's, there's I agree. There's a thousand different circumstances. And I, and I have one about Angel when you you said you were holding your son's hand and, and hovering. Um, I, I, I try so often to keep her safe because she's a little bit on 
she has high, um, low muscle tone and sure. you know things that I'm hyper aware of right. and and there's times when I'm like yeah just hold my hand and then I we were she was looking up at me holding my hand and then we tripped over she tripped over a speed bump had I not been holding her hand she would have been looking around hopefully a little more mm. and noticed the speed bump before she tripped interesting over. you know so I, as I think I'm doing something sure, good sure. it ends up being the wrong mm-hmm. oh you're right anyway, you see it uh, we have a, a prolonged adolescence issue in society because there is no definitive path. So women have a definitive path to womanhood to some extent, especially biologically. You start having periods. Like now you are theoretically, biologically a woman. Mm-hmm. Boys, it's like, eh. There's no like, you are now a man. Now, uh, there's a concept I heard recently, like people talk about uh, maturity. Um, and it was something to the effect of maturity doesn't come with age, it comes with acceptance of responsibility. Um, and I think we need to teach young men, because you said something a minute ago that sparked a thought, but we need to teach young men to accept responsibility. Um, that should be the primary goal. You know, to, to your point, she wasn't responsible for her travel. You were responsible for her travel. And had, like you, you know, to, as you said, what if you had just given her the responsibility and autonomy? Now, she may have still tripped, but mm-hmm. you were just making a point, a general mm-hmm. point. Um, and maybe she would have just been like, well, I better pay attention because mm-hmm. mom's not holding me. You know, mm-hmm. I, might, I might fall down and it'd be the same with young boys, kids, mm-hmm. teens. We have parents that are hovering and, you know, the kids 18, 19, 20, 21, just sitting, playing video games, doing nothing, you know, like at the house. And it's like, no, bro, it's time to go do something, you know? Um, and I hear like uh, a parents will say like, I'll never make my kid pay rent. It's like, so you don't, you're going to hold their hand forever. Mm-hmm. What's that going to do to the kid? You know? Um, Gotta let them make their own mistakes. And yeah. Like you, yeah. And you just said it like, just, mm-hmm. yeah, bro. Like we're today on the hill. Like mm-hmm. I told him, I said, son, if you go fast, you're going to fall. And then I just have to, <laughs> you know, which he did a good job. He went slow. He controlled himself. It was great. Yeah. Um, but but he know. wouldn't learn that control if you exactly. had been exactly. on to the back of And the then there's whatever. a hill at the yeah. bottom. There's these like little hills and they wanted to run up and run down and run up and run down. And I'm like, and I, I mean, they're going to fall and I just have to, you're going to fall. And that's okay. They're and I told him that. Anyway. They don't well, that's what Lou said. I said, I said, you got to be careful. You might fall. He said, if I fall, I'll just get up. Yep. <laughs> I was like, bro, we've, fair we've enough. We've been talking about that perceptions of the children, like yeah. how much sure. we're projecting on them with oh, our yeah. fears. Yeah. When if you just really take the time <laughs> to ask them how they feel, is right? So different. Sure. You know? Sure. Well, they're carefree. Yeah. They've never seen somebody yeah. crack their skull open yeah. or break an arm. Or and whatever is, you know, we started talking about this with, with Angel having so many tests and everything, and I'm like, it just kind of dawned on me. I told Gracie yesterday, I'm like, well, this is normal for her. For us, sure. it's like, oh, right. no, she's got to go through another test and another thing. And she's just so matter But she's about like, it, oh, you know? well, then I have to do this. I have to go do my sleep study, and then I have to do That's you know, the blood work and blah, blah. You know, and it's just like that is. Why can't I adapt her perceptions of, you know, like it's just something that we get to do, you know? Like it's yeah. not a big deal. Well, I think that would be impossible for you. We're finding yeah. out more information about your body, and mm-hmm. that's all we're doing. Sure. So. Yeah. All right, let's switch gears a little bit. Um, we know that you're active on press your word of mouth, <laughs> and we uh, appreciate your memes most of the time. We, we actually titled this uh, when we were making our questions, The Man Behind the Memes. <laughs> and we want to know a little bit more about that. Like, what's the why behind some of your comments when you're playing on there? Um, oddly enough, when, it, when I first got on there, uh, I, don't remember, I don't remember how I got on there, but I just noticed that it was like really negative. This was a couple years ago. Um, it was at, uh, when I really started, it was at one of my guys was fighting. 
And I just happened to be, you know, while we were waiting, you know, we we're getting his hands wrapped and whatever. It was just like, everybody was negative. And I was like, bro, what is like, what are you guys all worked up about? You know, cause it was just nonsense. All of it's nonsense. And so I just would start kind of, um, well, one thing is I was pimping out a buddy of mine in a funny way. Like somebody would say, I'm looking for a plumber. And I would, you know, I was, I was, I've become less brash over the past <laughs> few years, but I would say something like, oh, my buddy, Mike, he, he's, you know, he knows how to handle, or he knows how to whatever, lay pipe or, you know, whatever <laughs> silly thing. Cause I had a buddy who was single. And so I started, it started with that. And then I just would notice people would say negative things about something and I would just jump in and kind of, you know, tongue in cheek, make a comment to, to kind of settle them down a little yeah. bit or, you know, this, that, and the other. Kind and of break just, the pattern of the negative. There you go. And then it just became a thing. Um, and then it just kind of morphed into itself. Um, and then if I was sitting up at night and having a couple of drinks, I would just go full send and just, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I would just no go in. No overthinking, just do. Yeah, I, I've been doing it much less lately because it feels like uh, the group dynamics changed a little bit recently, it feels like. Um, but I've been doing it less lately. But also, um, I haven't been drinking. So, like, you know, you get bored at night uh, and you have some drinks and you're like, ah, yeah, I'll comment on this. And um, I'm trying to taper back as far as making sure that the comments aren't too brash, you know, so finding that, that sweet spot. But it started with a, a purposeful alteration mm -hmm. of a community vibe, you know. Um, and we know it's hard to convey intent sure. through the written word. Oh, for sure. You know, without a for sure. And part of it is, like you said, your son likes that, that laugh, and I love it too. I want to mm -hmm. say something and have people laugh. Mm -hmm. Because it's like that little tiny bit just make now it's it's a nonsense thing in the middle of a digital world that doesn't exist, but it's that that little bit of somebody will just kind of nose breathe. You know what I mean? Like you're sitting there scrolling, you see something stupid that somebody says, and you kind of just, and you click like on it. Like, I like that. I like the fact that I did that to somebody. Um, so that's where the memes come from and all that stuff. I try not to be very serious online if I can help it because... Um, There's enough seriousness. Yeah, it's a, it's a cesspool. To, to yeah, I've played a little bit on out. Twitter recently, and it's, that's a rough place. Everybody's just so upset. Whereas, mm -hmm. like, if, you, if we were to just not be doing this and go sit outside right there... Mm -hmm. You would think the world was perfect, you yeah. know, like because you got this amazing scenery out here. You would just sit and be like, wow, "I don't understand what, what anybody's world. talking yeah. about." <laughs> like if I go to uh, one thing, and I've, I've said it a couple of times on that group, if you go to a restaurant and you have bad food, just talk to the manager. But if you go to a restaurant and have good food or a good experience, that's when you should be blowing up crusty word of mouth. Any business, it should be this is the best thing ever. This is the, and even if I don't have the best thing ever, I'm still leaving you five stars. You know, because like, well, I know what it's like to own a business, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, it's everybody's just so negative. And I'm completely happy with smack talk. It's a very fun thing. Um, that's what men do. We like to run our mouths back and forth, but it all needs to be good hearted to some extent. And people in that group, I mean, that's, it's not the people in the group. It's people everywhere. It's just natural mm -hmm. to get online and it's easy to complain. You don't really think about the damage. You well, you're not, and, there's no accountability. Sure. There was a, I don't remember who I was talking about or listening to. But he talked something about like if tweets cost money or Facebook posts cost mm -hmm. money, mm -hmm. people wouldn't comment the same way they, you know, mm -hmm. but because it's free and I can just throw it out there as if I'm the expert. Like, let's say I go eat at Bamboo and the sushi, well, you know, I've been to Japan and, you know, the sushi wasn't <laughs> like this in Japan. So I'm, you know, I'm only going to leave them three stars because and it's like, bro, who are you? What are you talking about? Just shut up. Mm -hmm. You know, um, we, we joked my mom, she had chicken fried rice in the 70s in the 80s something at Nicomito's or whatever it was in Niceville some restaurant and so since then all 30 40 years it's been <laughs> if it, this chicken this isn't the right kind <laughs> you know because like that was the, that was the stand, whatever that was that was it and it's like bro what do you and you know it's a joke with my mom but like you see people like that in crusty word of mouth all the time that yeah. 
a uh, well, it's this, or oh, it's this. It it's seems like, to come up in every one of our podcasts. We talk about it, so I was like, we've got to get Brain on here and ask him. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, I asked Heather too, and I think she's still thinking about coming on. So she, she's, she's. It. It's insane because she's. She ended up on at the top of this group that she, if you have you met her? Not in person. I mean, her kid trained at the gym for a while. Uh, Sam, he's a great kid, and uh, she's very quiet and observed. So the fact that she started this group and now is on top of it, um, I think it's almost uh, difficult for her, and I can't speak mm-hmm. for her, but um, because I, it's kind of like I know people right now who manage businesses in town, and they ended up manager just because they were there long enough, and it's almost like by accident you're in a position you don't want to be in. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. Or you're not qualified for it. Now, she's not, not qualified, but I'm saying like, I don't think she started it thinking it was going to turn into the thing, because right mm-hmm. now it is the thing. I have people that from other towns that are like, your group's so much better than ours. Cause like I'm in the Niceville one, I'm in the, there's like a Pensacola one, there's this, that, and the other. You want to talk about dumpster fires. People in those groups are extremely negative. They make Crestview word of mouth look like just the happiest place. And it really is like people now, they're pretty positive overall, I would say. And that was kind of the goal, you know, just to create that uh, that atmosphere, which it's not just me. I'm not well, it seems like there's been enough pushback, maybe. To oh, 100%. Like, hey, look, like, this is, we're Ooh, talking about sure. coffee, or we're talking about, yeah. you know, we're not, like, talking about, you know, world peace here. Sure. We're talking about, like, you know. Well, it seems like it's been pretty positive. When people jump on there, it's all positive reviews now. And it's because you'll <clears> see, like, somebody complained about some burrito place or something. And then, like, the next day, the comments were all just like, all right, well, that's where I'm going for lunch today. Mm-hmm. Like, 150 people. And everybody was posting pictures or they went to that burrito place. Because oh, there, nice. was a, there was a piece of bone in it, which can happen with ground meat or whatever mm-hmm. it was. It was something. And they're like, yeah, yeah, there was a piece of bone. Like, yeah, bro, it happens. You go, you know, you pull it out of your mouth and you throw <laughs> it on the plate and you keep eating. Yeah. You know, like, there's no way to quality control that. Um, right. But this person thought it was so important that they could just rip this business. Right. Yeah. And, like, you own a business. You know, like, I mean, look yeah, at these, these walls. This, this was somebody's hard work and then some person can just be flippant and jump online and try to destroy your work you're like man that's not cool you know i don't go around to people's gardens in their front yard and like you know poop in the middle of their garden or kick their their bird bath over like, and, I, and i'm a recovering you know? people pleaser so i'm trying right? really hard to you know <laughs> know that what i'm doing is hard is, yeah is that's a hard I'm place to be if you're at the top of a business to right because yeah people pleasing is uh that can lead to a lot of headaches because then you end up with coaches you don't like, you end up with students you don't like, you yeah. end up in a position where you hate being uh, in the building. On the other end, I've got a really great crew right now. Yeah, 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 and, yeah. that's uh, good. I've, I've learned how to set boundaries for myself, for the space. And, it's hard. You know, it is hard. Before really we get hard. too far off track of your business, I yeah. want you to share a little bit more uh, because I don't know that much about your business. So I want to, like, like you've, men- <laughs> you've mentioned kids and you've mentioned adults. Sure. So you obviously provide uh, training for a, a wide age group. And then do you have individual classes? Do you have, um, is it group classes or is it just for individuals? Or tell us just more about your business itself. Uh... Yeah, that's one thing I never do is talk about my business ever. Well, like even in that, yeah. well, even in that crusty word of mouth, I don't mm-hmm. really ever post about the business. Mm-hmm. Like people ask for martial arts recommendations, mm-hmm. um, and I don't really jump on there because it's I need to get better about it. Mm-hmm. But uh, so I own it. It's an MMA gym, uh, MMA and Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. So we do uh, fighting. You could call it. You know, we've got professional fighters, amateur fighters. Um, we've got uh, Jiu Jitsu athletes. Uh, and we teach all ages, you know, four plus. I'll probably move into the, th- the three-year-old range here soon. Um, been open since 2010. I opened April 1st, 2010. 
Um, so we've been there for a while. Uh, started that's out an accomplishment. Let's just go ahead and yeah, take that. Like that. That's, <laughs> that's a long time. Yeah. Well, I started out as a karate school because that was my background was traditional karate, but the goal was always to move towards MMA, which is uh, most com the common people would know it as uh, cage fighting. Mm -hmm. um, so it was always the goal to move towards that in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So I hired uh, uh, Daniel Silva. Uh, he owns it. Uh, him and Danny own a gym in Fort Walton. Back in like March, I kept going over to the gym, hounding them because I wanted jujitsu in my gyms, and it was a no. They kept saying no, 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 and I just kept going. I signed up at their gym, and I was like, I'm, "We're doing this." And so then I just go over there, get beat up, get beat up, get beat up, and eventually they're like, "All right, whatever, man, let's do it." And so he's been there since March 2011, uh, and Daniel's great. I love that guy. Um, and, uh, and then we moved into MMA. We started more full time 2017. Started fighting in 2019 or 2020, one of the two. Um, and then, like I said, now we have a big fight team, professional so, amateur fighters. So, and so people do train with that purpose. And that they can. Well, I mean, 95% of our people are non-competitors. Mm -hmm. It's just moms, dads, kids who just want to sweat, train, learn. There's no... And, and they're... It's, it's both male and female. Yep, everybody. And they train alongside each other. So the professional fighters train with the, you know, the mom who's just there to get a sweat on. Um, I've got a, a, a pretty hard, fast rule in the gym that uh, the, the toughest guy in the room should be the nicest guy in the room. Mm -hmm. um, I know there's an atmosphere in some gyms or in some, you know, some of the martial arts world where tough guys want to act like tough guys. And to me, that's always been, it's always <laughs> been absurd. It's ridiculous. It's a waste of time. Um, unless that's all you want to be known for is just being tough, which yeah. nobody cares. Nobody cares how tough I am, how tough anyone else in my gym is. Now, guys coming to train to fight, they want to know, you know, but that's a small portion and we can show you, like when we train, we can do what we need to do and then we go and we win fights and we do things. But um, the goal really is uh, to create a tribal place where people can connect, you know, connect with each other, make each other better. Like even me, since I've started the fight team, I was like 300 pounds, right at 300 pounds, something like that, when we started pushing the fight team a few years ago. And right now I'm like 240. Um, I'm in the middle of doing something right now to get down to about 220. Uh, it'll be the lightest I've probably been since I've owned the gym. Um, because I've now surrounded myself with a bunch of people who are in shape with a goal. And so then I'm like, well, I better get in shape and have the goal. You know, because I used to always lead just with ideas and the fact that I knew more than everyone else. And that's not the right way to word it, but that's just for the sake of simplicity. Um, and it's like, you know, oddly enough, it took me a long time to realize that you need to lead by example. And I know that sounds insane because it's completely obvious. Um, but some part of me was just being lazy. You know, like I told you guys, I used to game. I was gaming all the time, mm -hmm. drinking beer, eating hot Cheetos, you know. Um, and I noticed that the, game, the guys I was gaming with, I didn't know them, they were far away. And they're, you know, they're smoking, which I, you know, I don't do, but they're smoking, drinking, eating pizza, this, that, and the other. So it's like, I'm essentially playing with, my peer group is a bunch of gamers who are stoned and drinking and eating garbage. And like, that's, you know, like, mm -hmm. these are the people that, so that's when in 2017, I ended up getting rid of it. Um, you know, and I love those guys. We're still friends. Uh, the guys I played with, you know, we talk, but there's just a direction I need to go that's different than that, especially now that I'm a father, because mm -hmm. my kids are going to look at what I do. You get parents all the time. Do as I say, not as I do. That's the dumbest thing that ever come out of your face. Whatever you are doing and however you are living is what your kids are going to try to emulate at some level, conscious, subconscious, or they're just going to hate you. They're going to resent the fact that dad always games or dad always does this or dad or mom always does this or why is she doing this you know you should be that person that you want them to be not talk to them because what comes out of my face my kids aren't going to listen they're just going to watch me am i nice to their mom do i bring her flowers do i you know do i treat her well do i treat her or our grandparents well do i treat them well do i treat the people around me well 
Um, am I training hard? Am I in shape or am I not in shape? How do I eat? How do I, all these things the kids are gonna watch. You know, if I'm sloppy drunk in my living room, my kids are gonna see that, you know? Um, so that's, these are all lessons that I've learned over time and now being surrounded with the fighters, you know, I know we're talking about the gym, but being surrounded with the guys that they're all cutting weight and doing, doing good, I'm like, well, pfft, I need to do the same, you know? Um, and a lot of it's laziness. Most well, of us. and especially if you want to have a positive influence For sure. on them, like, For like sure. your goals as a father, you want, if, if that is being positive and being productive and loving to your children, sure. you, they're gonna, if, if you're their peer and they're, you're doing the things like they're, that they're interested in, they're sure. going to pick up on that and say, hey, you know, I don't have kids now, but one day I want to be a dad like Brandon sure. or I want to do this particular thing like he did. Well, hopefully so I can be that. Only, I would yeah. like so. friends and whoever to look at me and say, oh yeah, I could be a dad yeah. like that or I want to be a dad like that. Because I've got friends that I look at them mm, right. and I say the same thing. Like, oh, I got a buddy Tim who, uh, you know, he's always building stuff and fixing stuff. And I'm like, man, that's the coolest way to be a dad because he'll sit and like build something with his son. And me, I'm like, bro, we can do Legos. You want to do some Legos? <laughs> because I just, I don't fix anything. I don't build anything. Now, does it make me less effective as a father? No, that's not what I'm saying. But I see other dads and I'm like, man, I, I, I need to be more like that dad. Um, one thing I've never subscribed to is, uh, well, I don't, I'm not gonna get off on a tangent. Go you ahead. Can. Well, I was gonna say like, I hear a lot of dads say I'm doing X, Y, and Z for my family, but they're gone all the time. If you're gone all the time, you're not doing it for your family, you're doing it for yourself, unless there's just no other option. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Like, so one thing I do is I'm home all the time. Like doing this, I, I'm not with my kids, they're gonna take a nap here soon. I might miss the nap today. That mm -hmm. sucks because I only missed a few naps. Mm -hmm. uh, but I mean, it, it is what it is. But like, I am doing this for the family to some extent. But really, I'm doing it for myself, for my business. You know, blah blah blah. But I don't like dads that lean on that. I'm doing it for the kids because a lot of times they're leaning on it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not. Are you? Are you? Mm -hmm. You know? Do you need that new truck? Do you need that thing? That you, nah, probably not. You know what I mean? You don't need that eighty thousand dollar truck. Get rid of the eighty thousand dollar truck and stay home. $80,000 worth of time, whatever much that is in your job. Does that make sense? Now, I'm not criticizing anybody in anybody's mm -hmm. lifestyle, but this was just tangentially why I run my business the way I do, why I like having a gym. Um, it's because I can be there for my family. Um, and tell us physically, where is your location? Uh, south side of town uh, on 85. There's an Aaron's building um, across from the Buick GMC dealership next to Perfect Fit, uh, the gym down there. But you're always um, looking for another is. space with a bigger parking lot. What's apparently. that? Apparently, so you're looking for another space. Aren't yeah, you? I, I want to buy. Now that I now that I have a family, like I need to buy a building, mm -hmm. um, probably six thousand square feet, because I need three training mats. Um, needs not the right word, but I would like to have three training mats because then I can maximize the space. Because um, right now we're just kind of limited as to what we can do because the training space is what's the parking is the huge thing. Mm -hmm. If I if parking wasn't an issue, I could go ham on the gym, you know. But um, it's just such a nightmare. Everybody trying to get in and out, and you know, right there on 85 with that traffic, mm -hmm. it makes things not ideal. Um, but two, I'd like to have my own space because, like, this is your space. So when you're in this space, you feel like you're in your space. Me, I'm leasing from somebody else. It's not my space. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm living in someone else's space. So I've never sounds silly. 13 years, I haven't put stuff on the walls. I don't have my logo painted. I don't have like because I never nested fully. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, the bathrooms look the same as they did the first day I opened, pretty much. And like, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, so I want to get a place that's my own, mm -hmm. you know, so I can feel proud of it. And, um, but yeah, it's on the south side of town. So, uh, but it's the thing I'm least interested in is my business. Whenever I do things like on crusty word of mouth, it's more just like 
people. I don't really care. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say I don't care about my business. I very much care about my business. But well, it's just what Kakela said when he came, uh, the owner of Pounders, when we interviewed him, he, sure. he, he titled himself as a father first and then the business. Yeah, 100%. Person. Well, it's funny you say that. Um, I've been training martial arts since 1990. If you were to ask me if I'm a martial artist, I'm like, that doesn't ring true to me. Like, I don't, I don't hear that and think, yeah, I guess I am. Or like, are you an entrepreneur and business owner? I mean, I've owned one for, thir- you know, coming on 14 years and it's like, I don't, it doesn't, it doesn't stick. Does that make sense? Like if you were to throw that label at me, it wouldn't really, I wouldn't be like, oh yeah, that's me. I mean, I am, but I wouldn't, but like if you dad and husband, oh yeah, 100%, I'm on board. It's almost Both like that is a means to an end to be the better. Yeah, and I did those things before yeah. I was a dad, but even then they didn't stick to me. Um, I don't, because like, am I those things? I don't know. They're, those are things I'm doing or things yeah, I've yeah. done. That's what I was thinking. Those are you things know? you're doing right sure. now. Sure. Like, you may do them your and whole it, life yeah and it's great it and it's fun but it's like it's a part of you not all I would say it's arbitrary to some extent because really what it is is it's a means of human connection or a medium for human connection and improvement so like I want to connect with people and make their lives better and how can I do that well here here's a physical medium especially with like young boys or young men because violence is a language that speaks to everybody um, especially well, it speaks to, of course it speaks to everybody but it really speaks to men and then young girls who are trying to become capable and like that's a language that like, hey, we both speak this language and there's a concept like sell people what they want until they want to buy what you want to give them or it's something like that. You know, like, so if I get a young kid, he just wants to learn how to punch people in the face. Mm-hmm. But then you get connected and get connected and it's okay, yeah, yeah, but what about this? Mm-hmm. How, how are you treating your mom? How are you, you know what I mean? Like give them what they want until they want what you have or it's some, mm-hmm. some quote like that. I'm sure I can Google it, but. Well, and it makes sense to what you said, I think, before we started recording about, um, you know, taking the pretty Instagram photo or something like that and getting getting people kind of throwing the bait out there and saying, look, this is what you could possibly work towards. Sure. And then let's throw in some of this philosophy or let's throw sure. in some meditation kind of or, the you know, energy. Well, the first the principles are the energy. undercurrent. You know, like you, you're, the first principles dictate everything, meaning like, uh, let's say, telling the truth or doing, you know, these are first principles that are fairly universal amongst all belief structures. When I say all, that's an overstatement, but you know, and that's really what we're trying to get to. If you're mentoring people, that's what you're really trying to get to is that first principle. The thing on top of it, football, basketball, who cares? Football, who cares about football? Who cares about basketball? Who cares about soccer? Um, now to, to, to dismiss those things would be absurd because if you look at football, that's a thing that millions of people gather around or soccer. So there's something profound happening there, but it's not the game. It's what's under the game. It's the being with your friends. It's the, it's the tribe versus tribe. It's just this thing. So same thing with martial arts. Like it, there's this thing, but what's under it? You know, cause I get so many adults that they have no social life except the gym. So they come to the gym cause then they get to talk to people and they get to train and they get to this and they get to that, you know? And it's like, those become your friends. Those are the people you go watch fights with. Those are the people in, is it watching fights? The goal? No, it's, being in the room with friends, you know, like-minded individuals, learning from each other, feeling connected to something. Because as an adult, it's hard to feel connected. It's very, very hard and to feel connected. Regardless of who you are and what you believe, you need community. You need, oh, everybody you need does. somebody to bounce ideas off yeah. of. And to That's why it's a bad idea to isolate yourself and play video games. It's a ridiculous thing to do as a man. I did it for years. Don't do it. Don't play video games. Throw them away. Uh, leave your phone at work and be in the real world. Because um, a lot of people talk about their mental health and this, that, and the other. Get outside. 100%. Touch grass is what the kids are saying these days. Go touch grass. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I found, I'll, I'll, I know you got another question, but um, if I don't touch my phone for the first half of the day, the rest of my day is completely different. If I wake up and touch my phone, my day is always worse. Always worse. If I leave it at the gym and I don't have it for the end of the evening before I go to bed and I don't pick it up until lunch, I'm a completely different person. 
It's very, you should try it one day. Yeah. Just don't have, just when you leave here tonight or whatever, you leave the phone here and you just go. There's a, there's a concept and I'd, I think I kind of want to write a blog or an article about it. Um, and I need to change the title because the last person I told, they said they didn't understand. But I only roll my windows down when I don't have my phone would be kind of the concept because I've noticed when I leave my gym and I don't have my phone, the first thing I do when I get my truck, I crank it on, I roll all the windows down. Mm. You immediately have this sense of relaxation. Yeah, I just like, drive and now it's like there's, because I've got a Tundra, so the back window rolls down, which is cool. And I never roll it down if I've got, because if I've got my phone, I got the ear, I'm listening to the, the podcast and I'm texting or I'm checking Facebook or I'm doing all the stuff you're not supposed to be doing while you're driving. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like, why? Wait for that phone call, yeah. Exactly. Whereas if I leave it at the gym, I'm a completely different person. That's something I would tell people to try. Leave it somewhere at night and don't pick it up until after lunch or right before lunch the next day. It, it's, it's like, really going to increase your productivity. You it does everything. It, it just does everything. Because yeah. me, the gym, I can never turn it off. The gym is always in the back of my head. Well, I got to text that person. I got to change this. I forgot to do this. I got to order this. And I as gotta... a business owner, you don't set those boundaries with yourself no. to do it at no. a certain time. No. Like when you would be at an eight to five no. or nine to five, you know, like you do it in the middle of the night when you can't sleep right. or when you wake up exactly. early or, you know, when you Whereas remember. If I, if I leave my phone at the gym, my kid falls asleep on me, you know, let's say it's nine o'clock and I'll have a book and like three minutes later, I'm just gone. Mm -hmm. So I'll go to sleep at nine and not wake up till eight. I did it the other night and I was like, what time is it? I was asleep at like 11 hours. <laughs> Felt like a million dollars. That's what you needed. <laughs> For <apparently>. sure. <laughs> um, what are some of your other interests besides parenting, doing stuff at the gym? What else do you enjoy? What brings you joy? Mm. Or do you have time for anything other? I like talking, um, you know, communicating with people. I love the, the concept of articulating. Um, articulating is so hard to do because if I tell you right now, if I say the word blue, you're picturing something. Now, if we were to sit here and try to describe what color blue perfectly, it would take us forever. So the, the ability to articulate an idea, you're essentially drawing pictures when you talk, effectively or ineffectively, probably ineffectively in this case, but I'm taking these words and framing a concept. And if I use the right words, I can frame the concept well, and I like that. Word that. pictures. Yeah, well, that's how I mean, we think in pictures, but we have to use this this, but you're, this you're creating, a, 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 you're communicating a concept. Sure. Like you said, at first we might have different yep. pictures in our minds of what that word means, but as the more you choose your words to sure. describe, you're going to be looking at the same. Well, I know thing. what I said this whole time. Mm -hmm. We've been talking for 53 minutes. I know what I've said. I have no idea what pictures in your head, though. Mm -hmm. I don't know how you view me. I don't know how many of my ideas you, you were even able to listen to because. How hard is it to focus? Because like you're thinking about the next question and you're thinking about what you have later today and how late should I let this run and all these. So I'm talking and it's going into a recording, but how well can you listen to that? How well can I listen to you when you're talking? And, communication and what do you is perceive so by your former experiences? Or, there you go. Or, exactly. You know, because you're seeing it through a very particular lens yeah. that skews it a million different ways. And I'm saying it. You might be hearing it completely different. That's why there's, you know, I, I should, if we were doing this long form, I would say something, you would say it back to me, and then I would say it back to you, and you would say, and we would throw it back and forth until we felt like, okay, the that's the right shade of blue. Is only a part of communication. Oh, the for listening sure. Is that's is, is, that's something is, I need to work is, on. It's equally important in communication. But I, I, you're probably looking for simple <laughs> answers. I'll say shooting guns is awesome. Um, being violently capable as a man is is important to me. Um, am I? extremely violent no that's not what i'm saying but at least competent to a certain level is extremely fun uh 
articulating ideas. I read all the time, every day I read. Um, I listen to podcasts every day. I'm obsessed with ideas. Um, I like ideas. The problem with that is I'm ingesting an infinite number of ideas. How many are getting executed? That's the problem I have. How many things am I actually, it'd be like I could watch every yoga video on the planet, but if I never touch the yoga mat, what have I done? I may be able to tell you what all the positions are and you'd be like, hey bro, that sounds great. Show me and I'm like, this, you know? Um, so I spend too much time in the world of ideas, not enough time in the, in the touch grass. Um, but as far as other things, man, that's it. I like people, guns, I don't even like martial arts all that much. I do. <laughs> That's not the, but it's maybe because I've been in it my entire life. It just is. Does that make sense? Just a part of you. Right. It's like, how do you like your hair? Like, I don't know. I, well, not me. I'm bald, but <laughs> I just have it and it's okay. You know, but it's just there. Well, for you guys, <laughs> but so I don't, I don't know. That's one thing I, I grew up gaming too much. I started gaming like in 90, I was the original generation experiment of gaming. I probably started in 97, didn't stop till 2017. When I went to college, instead of going out and chasing girls and doing stuff on campus, I was playing Call of Duty Modern Warfare, the first one, competitively in Cal League and TWL and like running practices, like what a loser. I mean, I still communicate with some of the guys I used to play with, but like what a dud, what was I doing? I could have been. Are they still gaming? Uh, yeah, they are, most of them still do. Um, but they've all got kids now and this, that, and the other. I just can't do it because I'm already, I've already got my face in my phone too much. I don't need something else to, Draw I would say we as a society are escaping too often because there's some anxiety in the back of our head, some task that's left undone and instead of facing it, we want to open up our phone, we want to jump on a video game, we want to binge watch Netflix, we want to have a drink of alcohol, we want to smoke something, we want to, we're always looking for that escape instead of just whatever the thing is, do the thing, whatever it is. I'm speaking of right. myself. You know, like, uh, or whatever the feeling or the emotion. Yeah, we deal with none of it. Yeah. Um, and don't even, this is something, um, something I've learned very, very recently, and it's completely true. We say that actions, you know, follow feelings, and there's, there's some truth to that. If I'm hungry, I go find food. But feelings also very much follow actions. Sometimes when you just take, so that my, the quote for my gym or the motto for my gym is confidence through action. People always want to feel confident. They want to feel something. You have to do hard things. You have to push yourself to limits in things that you're scared of. If you want to become a human that feels good about themselves, you can't do it any other way. I like, I have never fought MMA. I'm 40 and it's haunting me. And so it's like, should I fight? Now I'm dropping all this weight to be able to do it. And it's like, should I do that? Because that's a, that's a boogeyman. You know what I mean? Um, because ability to coach and ability to perform are two very different things. I'm sure you have girls in your classes that are more flexible than you, that are stronger than you, whatever, you know, but being the coach is different than being the performer. Those are two separate roles. And one, Nick Saban, how good is Nick Saban at football? Do you know who Nick Saban is? Her Alabama name. coach. Yeah, he's the yeah, Alabama yeah. coach. He's probably the most successful college coach ever. How good is he at football? No one has any idea. No one cares because he's a coach. Now, if you were to put him on the field, he'd probably do terribly now, given he's in his 60s, 70s, but, yeah, um, how good was he when he was a kid? Do you have any idea? Nope, nobody cares. But there are these boogeymen that we're all hiding from. And instead of just facing them, we open up our phone. Like I said, for men, it's they jump on the video games because I'll do it later. And then they have a drink and then it doesn't matter because I've got a good beer buzz, I'm playing my video games. I don't care about those things. The boogeyman's gone for now. I hit him in the closet. Well, um, it's fine to teach from the scope of what you know until someone wants you to teach them more than what you know. Sure. You know, so. yeah, but that's why we're always, like, uh, right now I'm working with a guy named Randy Steinke. He's out in uh, 
Scottsdale, Arizona, and he's a better striking coach than I am. Striking is punching, kicking. Um, so I'm working with him virtually, and then I'm going to fly out to MMA Lab over in Scottsdale and train with him some, and I'm going to bring him here because we have to be pursuing. You know, like I'm sure there's yoga coaches that you watch or whatever you guys call them, and uh, you know, you're like, okay, I need to learn from that guy or that girl or whatever it is, and hey, show me how are you doing that, and how do you get, what's your progression? So like she was talking about push-ups, what well, does a push-up progression? You start on your knees, and then you can lift up, and you can do this. You know, there's ways to progress through the, to get to the push-up, um, but we just have to be honing our craft to some extent, um, which I see a lot of people in my industry they get to a point and then they just coast but it's hard to stay hungry so do you feel like fighting this fight is going to fulfill something for you just oh, I have no idea and I don't even know if I'm going to do it you know um, I'll tell you this let's let's assume I don't get injured and it goes okay I'll never regret it I'll regret not doing it mm-hmm. and regret is a scary thing mm-hmm. you know we all have things we're like why didn't I do that when I was younger mm-hmm. you know Whatever it was, why didn't I do that? Well, because you were a chicken shit. You know, you should have just done it. Um, there's a guy named Alex Hormozzi. He's a business guy, and he says like, everybody you know, in a hundred years, will be gone and completely forgotten, and you're worried about their opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, like right now, there's people in the back. We all have them. There's people in the back of our head. Like, there's something you want, and I don't know this to be true. I'm gonna make this up. There's probably something you want to do that you're scared what this person's gonna think. And you may not know who the person is, but if you were to really sit and think, be like, I'm worried about how people are gonna judge me. Well, am I worried about how people, or am I worried about this person? And then he kind of talks about it. He like names the person, he's like, Tom? I care what Tom, I don't care what Tom thinks. And just go do the thing, whoever Tom is. You know, he's mm-hmm. just making up a name, but we do. So for MMA, like, I care who, who thinks? Because like I said, in, in 20 years, my boys are like, oh, you did that? That's good. You know, as men, they're gonna understand that I pushed into something that was uncomfortable. Um, whether I do it or not, that's, that's beside the point, but I'm just you know, speaking as a concept. And we all have things like that. We have these voices in the back of our head that are saying, Dad, don't do that. You're not good enough. You're this, you're that. And it's a person. It's typically a person. It's not us. It's, it's somebody it's who... It's a voice from somewhere. Yeah, and it's our, somebody yeah. who you're worried about. There may be somebody in the yoga community that like you want them to think highly of you. you know, and I don't know this to be true. I'm just making completely making this up, but... And they're keeping you from doing something. Not you, whoever. Well, you know, no, I'm just speaking rings, to whoever's listening. It's true because I had to, five years ago starting the studio, I had to quit comparing myself to every other studio and what they were offering, what they were doing sure. in the smaller building that I was in where sure. I couldn't offer as much. Yep. And even moving into the larger building where I was like, you know what? I want to open up to dance classes. I want right. to do this. I want to do that. I want to have goat yoga. Goat yoga is a whole controversy in the yoga world because it's wow. not real yoga. <laughs> So, so that, there's the other thing right there. Um, and, you know, I'm outside of your industry, so I can speak for you because I have no emotional investment. You should do – are we cursing on this? No, we won't. You should do whatever you want. I'll just say it that way. You should do literally whatever you want because real yoga, that, that's a – you say that and I'm outside of your industry. I'm like, you're, you just said gibberish. That's exactly what Those words that just came out of your face hole <laughs> make no sense. What real yo- – what does that even mean, bro? Uh-huh. Like you guys are wearing sports bras and your little fancy Lululemon pants and like, you know what I mean? You got your, like, what is, what does real mean? Are you guys having fun? Are you learning something? Are you becoming better? Oh, you are? Even the present moment when there's a goat on your back there you and go. you can't think of anything else. And what is your intention? Exactly. That's, That's it. It all comes down well, to because people do that intention. with jujitsu. People do that with Muay Thai. People do that with all the things in the martial arts. Well, that's not real, if whatever. You tweak it it's in like, any how about this? Way. Can I whoop your ass? You know, <laughs> or can that guy whoop my ass? Well, then that's a, what, what else are we talking about here? Right. Not given fighting ability is not the end all. But I came from the karate world where people say, well, that's not real karate. I don't, if you were to go to the OGs of karate, they would be like, bro, just do whatever works. But then it becomes this dogmatic system over time. Whoever started yoga was just like, yeah, this feels real good. 
and this is helping my body. So I'm going to keep doing it. And then if they were to see today and you're like, well, what's real yoga? They're like, does it feel good and does it help your head and help your body? You'd be like, yes. You're like that, whatever that is. You have to have a goat in my back. Bro, I love goats. That's what that dude would say. That chick would say that goats are awesome. You know, they wouldn't care about like some moron in San Francisco who's got a yoga page and it's like, that's not real yoga. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you even talking about? Get out of my face. Yeah. You know, yeah, so but, but I have the same in my industry. We, so I'm not speaking as if I'm not guilty of the same thing. Right. You know what I mean? Like, that's not real jujitsu. Bro, I don't even know what you're saying right now. We got to get out of these. Labels are good for quick communication, but they're meaningless once you break them down. That's where society is struggling right now is that we've mm-hmm. figured out that in a postmodernistic fashion, you can say, well, what is a microphone? What is it really? And of course, you could break it down and blah, 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 blah. Well, is that a microphone? Is that, you know, or whatever word we want to use. Um, and so fair enough, we can break everything down to nothing, but, well, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking nonsense right now because I would have to go off on three different other tangents that, either way, you should 100% do goat yoga. <laughs> if you like doing goat yoga, and then wow. if you wanna do horse yoga, if you wanna do monkey okay. yoga, do okay. it, who cares? Like, bro, now horse sounds terrifying because like. We've done it with the horses walking around, it was peaceful. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't wanna be on or around, but like, now Michaela's um, going to jump on the, the monkey yoga. She's yeah. going to watch it. Who is this? We've done, my daughter. Uh, we've done, yeah, snake, we've done a, a, a mock snake yoga at the, when I was teaching at the zoo, and we pretended we were going to offer snake yoga for April Fool's, right. and you would not believe how many people wanted to sign up for that really? immediately. Like, <laughs> sign me up. I'm like, I'm just kidding. We're yeah. not yeah. a joke. It was an April Fool's Well, I mean, joke. I would say any idea you have, just do it. Because, like, the person that's going to criticize you, how much... Well, first of all, now, different conversation. If they're paying all of your bills, their opinion matters. Mm-hmm. So if they're like, hey, bro, I'll cover your mortgage for the entire year of this, of uh, 2024, if you stop doing goat yoga. i would be like, deal. <laughs> if somebody called me tomorrow and said, hey, you start now, let's assume the, the class is less profitable than what they're offering me. Mm-hmm. Great. Hey, I'll pay you a million dollars to not teach next year. I'd be like, well, it sounds like Atlas Martial Arts is closed next year. <laughs> you know? But otherwise, I don't care what you have to say. Like, I need to do what's good for my students. Um, I run into the same problem because we've gone from karate to MMA. Well, MMA doesn't have an official ranking structure. So there's people out there who say, well, MMA doesn't have belts or MMA doesn't have whatever. Neither did karate, neither did jiu-jitsu, neither did taekwondo. Brazilian jiu-jitsu is a bunch of Brazilian dudes who did judo and then called it something else. But then that's official because they what? Because they're better at marketing? Like No, it's still just... Pajama wrestling, just call it pajama wrestling or whatever you want to call it. Like we're wearing weird old Japanese clothes and wrestling with each other. It's a ridiculous thing. It's absurd that anybody does it. I love it, but it's ridiculous. Like let's not take it so seriously as if, well, because Elio Gracie said this, that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, like what's good for you. There's a concept of tradition and people say like peer pressure from dead people. I think that's too negative because tradition has a lot of value. I mean, there's a lot of value. There's so much wisdom in the way things were done, but just because it was good for your dad and mom doesn't mean it's necessarily good for you. Now you don't have to throw out baby with bathwater. You know what I mean? So like jujitsu has amazing things in it um, or, or, or karate or whatever it is, but we don't have to just say, well, that's how they did it. So that's how I'm going to do it. Cause otherwise also you never, you never enter. Of course, of course. Like I'm not, I'm not going to carry a musket. I want an <laughs> AR 15. You know what I mean? I want an AK-40. I want something that's got better. I'm not trying to, you know, flintlock and powder and, you know, like, what? Get out of here. You know what I mean? Like, use what's the best now. Call it whatever you want. But I was saying, you know, I've always struggled with that that concept of uh, wanting to do a rank structure for MMA. But, like, well, who are you to give rank? And who are you to this? And who are you to that? It's like, well, I'm the gym owner. Mm-hmm. That's who I am, you know? And I've got professional fighters, amateur fighters. But we listen to these voices that don't matter. 
like goat yoga is not real yoga. Like, what are you even saying? Get away from me. You know what I mean? So if I'm doing yoga outside and a goat walks up to me, now what am I doing? Exactly. It changed? Something changed because a goat walked up? What if, what if a grasshopper lands on me? What am I doing now? Do we change the name of it again? Like, people are just yeah. ridiculous. I love so. it because it brings beginners to the mat. A lot of husbands will come with their wives. Sure. People will come on dates. Um, the kids can brides come. With their bridal parties. It's something stupid come. to do to have yeah. fun. When I say stupid, I don't mean it in a disparaging way. Well, just it's to It's a make silly you laugh. thing. There yeah. you go. It's a silly yeah. thing to and, do with and friends. we are touching grass. We are being present. There you go. We are So what's the downside? There's no downside. Yeah. It's not real yoga. That doesn't insurance even... Insurance is the only downside. It's atrocious. <laughs> there you go. Insurance is... Yeah. <laughs> that's a serious downside. I feel you there. So what do you, I, I know what you say to do uh, grounded, like just leaving your phone. Is there something, do you have like a gratitude practice at all? Do you it's funny you say that. So you, you talk about gratitude practice. That's one thing that people don't understand, I think, in general, is that love, gratitude, pick whatever word you want to use. It's not something that overcomes you. It's something that you practice. You know, so you just said gratitude practice all the time. So yesterday when I'm walking with my kids, um, like they just wanted to go walk. All, they just want to walk all over the neighborhood. I want to sit on my phone. You know what I mean? They want to walk around the neighborhood. And it's like, they just do little tiny things where you're like, bro, this is the best thing ever. And it just reminds you. Um, I need to be much more, I'm very good at being uh, gracious, just like with crusty word of mouth and people will be I'm like, I don't even understand. Like we go to uh, restaurants all the time where we're like, eh, food wasn't great. And I'll jump on there, five stars. Why, bro, you're, you're giving it a shot. What do you, what's everyone else doing? Nothing. Where's your restaurant? You got all these opinions. Where's your restaurant, bro? Where's your yoga studio? Where's your martial arts school? You know? Um, but I need practices uh, better. I'm pretty good at it, I would say, just temperamentally. What I needed to get better about is, I'll, I'll go off topic, but just because I said, love practices. So like making sure that you, uh, my wife loves it when I pick her up a card from the store. I should be doing that all the time. I should have a reminder on my phone that tells me every Tuesday, go to the store and buy cards. You know what I mean? And people say, well, that takes the romance out of it. Um, and that's because people have no understanding of what romance is. Like, is scheduling yoga non-romantic? No. How about this? When are you going to do yoga if you don't schedule the classes? Oh, literally never. Going to the gym, is that romantic if I schedule it? Like, what are you talking about? You know, people are just, everything we want to accomplish in life, love is a thing we want to accomplish. You have to schedule it. When I say schedule it, you understand what I mean? Right. If, of course. If yeah, I don't schedule effort. the vacation, yeah. we're not going to go. Mm -hmm. If I don't schedule the dinner, we're not going to go. If I don't schedule the babysitter, so... I should be much more intentional on um, the cards, the gestures, the this, the that. You know, we do it sporadically, but it could be much more intentional. Um, now, my kids, like I tell them, I love them six billion times a day, so I don't have to worry about that. Um, but what, is, what do you do for the gratitude? Because you're saying practice. I don't have a gratitude practice. Um, I'm just, you could call it fear of God. I am terrified of ever taking anything for granted because things disappear like that. It takes no time for things. I could get a call right now and my life could be destroyed because something happened. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, I'm always terrified of that, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So I just never take anything for granted. And when I do, it always bites me in the butt. So recently I was, I've taken some things at the gym for granted, it's bit me in the butt. Nothing catastrophic, just little things. Mm -hmm. Taking for granted, bites you like, like clockwork. Um, it's almost like, well, if you're not appreciating it. You 100%, know, <laughs> it, yep, it's like the, the universe says, roger that bro and just takes it right back, you know? And it's nothing, like I said, nothing catastrophic, just little things. One thing is, there for a while, I used to really focus on my kids' program. Well, since I've been coaching so many fighters, I've focused less on my kids' program. Well, the kids' program has shrunk, you know what I mean? And I have less of a connection with them. It's completely my fault. Um, so I need to get back to that grind of, you know, because I'm spending so much time on ideas and thinking about where else to do this and what else to do that, what else and what else and what else and what else. 
But if you're not in the kitchen cooking, it doesn't matter what else. Does that make sense? The restaurant needs somebody in the kitchen cooking, and I need to be in what the kitchen cooking. What is that saying? Cooking. The road to hell is paved with good intentions. There you go. <laughs> exactly. So I need to be much more focused on the students rather than because I I have all of these things I think I want to do, you know. Um, but either way, you, what do you guys do for your, because. I'm, I'm really just trying to be present. Like you said, with the walking, with the. But what does that mean? Is it scheduled? Is it something you do? Is it something you have a reminder? Is it something that there's something in your pocket and every time you touch it, you say. It, work, it works hey, for some being stupid. No, for you. Some, I'm asking for I you. I don't have it intentionally scheduled. I just okay. try to be mindful of when I'm, like when I was paddle, teaching paddle yoga on Monday, it was freezing cold and I don't like the cold and I'm trying to really just change my, my mindset that. The sun is shining right now. Like, I, yeah, my body's cold, but I can feel the warmth of the sun. And these people are, are here. They showed up, and mm-hmm. even though it's cold, and I'm so freaking thankful for that. Sure. You know, so just kind of and flipping even, the mindset. It's a gorgeous day, even sure. though it's cold. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I get to do this. Like, I can't complain about being yeah. on the water on a So you don't have a definitive practice of reminders? No. Because you say try. It's kind it's of just practice. random? Yeah, it's random. But some mm-hmm. people have the apps, you know. That, should you the, make it less random? And I'm not talking about an app, but I'm just... Should you, do you feel like you should be less random about your... Yeah, I should. I should get up at 4 a.m. and make sure I have the time to devote to journaling or sipping my coffee slowly or, you right. know, because my mornings are chaos right Well, now, and maybe you know? this place in your life right now, that's not a practical solution. That's people. good right there. Yeah. That's but, good. But This chapter might not point, be the one for yes. that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I have may, to grab may, it randomly. Maybe just try, you know, just like even getting in the habit of, like, my husband brings me wildflowers. He lo- when he sees wild, he, he rides mountain bikes. Oh, wildflowers. Wildflowers, okay, okay. yes. Like, uh, it just kind of started probably. So he rides his bike and probably, he just sees them? Well, yeah, wherever he's, yeah. Mm. He, or like, like right now in my kitchen is a bouquet of. Um, That's a good man. Of um, Black Eyed Susans. I have he, no idea what that is. So, well, <laughs> Sounds awesome though. Yeah, the well, yellow ones. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. you just see them. You know, they're on the road. They're on the <laughs> side of the road, and 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 that goes back to with me. Like what makes? I even wrote. I wrote a whole poem about it. Like what makes us say that's a wildflower? We devalue it because we didn't go to a nursery and buy it and plant mm-hmm. it intentionally. You know, does it lessen the beauty? It does not. Mm-hmm. So why do we not appreciate in this just being in the habit? It's, it's like a mindset, like she was saying about being mindful. Gratitude is a mindset. Sure. You know, it's being... Um, it's not looking it's, at the Because like my practice my is love. sometimes it is intentional. Like I do journal. I try to journal a little bit every day. But if I don't, um, I try to at least mentally be mindful and um, to say... Just look at the different shades of grass out there right now. Isn't that all those beautiful shades of green or yellow or whatever? You know, just being mindful so that so that it is just a an ongoing thought process. And it's an sure. energy you're putting out into the world. Yeah, and mm-hmm. something that you want to bring yeah. back in. Because so I think we need mindset. to be intentional. Because if, like you were saying, like if I don't schedule this, yeah, it's if not I don't going schedule to going to the gym, I don't go to and the gym. And I think gratitude is just being intentional about sure. it. Whether you have a formal practice or not, an app or whatever. Because I think those things maybe can help you get into a habit. But sure. once you have your mindset of 
before you take a yeah. bite of food, I'm really thankful right. that I have yeah. this food. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Or you know, you turn your car on. Oh, I'm so thankful my car started. You know, that's that's just a, a practice of gratitude. We have a boat. Every time I'm I'm in there ready to pull the trailer off. And I'm looking in the rear view mirror, and every time I hear that motor, I'm like, thank you. <laughs> and then the boat started. <laughs> so it's just a, a mindset. Yeah. yeah. I would say I'm pretty good about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, because it's maybe because I'm an older dad. You know, I'm not old, but I mean, being 40 and just starting, well, I mean, it started at 36, oh. 37, mm-hmm. but it's like now that I understand how lucky mm-hmm. I am, I like slipped in. At the last, you know what I mean? The doors were closed in the garage and I slid in and boom, family. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you lucky son of a Seriously, bro. <laughs> so like, you know, and my wife says it all the time, you know what I mean? Just how lucky we are. Like we're both very lucky that we found each other. Um, we're very lucky that we ended because the kids, neither of them were planned. And like, if I were to plan it, I would want exactly what we have now. Because mm-hmm. we had one and then five months later, she was pregnant with the next one. Um, and I'll tell you something interesting. I Googled it, and it's women that suffer from it, not men. So I guess I'm a giant whatever. But uh, when we found out she was pregnant with the second baby, I felt so guilty towards my son, my first son. Because I was like, bro, I'm bringing some traitor into this house, some nobody. some." I think women suffer too a little. With it, no, I'm saying women women do just, suffer. I'm saying yeah. men don't. Okay. Oh, I'm okay. saying okay. I'm a giant weenie. Okay. Because gotcha. like I felt like he, she told me, I think he was in the bathtub, Lou was. And like, I looked at him, I'm like, bro, I felt like I was cheating on him. Yeah. <laughs> like, bro, I'm bringing someone else into here. No, nobody else can be in here, bro. It's just you and me. I mean, now that I have them both, I'm like, okay, this is great. Let's do 10 more. Is it a you boy know? and a girl? Two boys. Two I got boys. two boys. Okay. Yep. Yep, Lewis and Liam. And uh, it's the best thing ever. Having them close together, 14 months apart, like, couldn't, have, couldn't, have, couldn't have decided it better. Because like, we're just, we, everything we do, they're both age appropriate right now. Mm-hmm. So like when we go to Disney, same stuff. When we go to the Holiday Inn, we went to the Holiday Inn. I had a guy fighting last week, or last weekend. We went to the Holiday in Panama City Beach. They're in the same pool. They're doing the same things. They're doing, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Swim lessons, same thing. So mm-hmm. it's like having twins. I love it. I have um, one in like every stage, which makes You see, it that makes really it very hard. tough yeah. because <laughs> you can't, it, not you can't, it's harder to appreciate what's happening. Like right now, both of my boys are on the same wavelength, so I can just be mm-hmm. in she that. She has to be more intentional. Yeah, because you got to go from... Old yeah. teenage girl, mm-hmm. teenage boy getting ready to go nuts with puberty and hormones or whatever else is going 20. on. Yeah, oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And then you've got your youngest daughter who has her own set of challenges. I told She's, my mom yesterday, I'm like, I'm ready for the older two just to go and make their own mistakes and let me focus on right? them. And that sounds horrible as a parent. No, no, no. I understand. But, but you get what I'm saying. Like, well, it's, I feel like 16 in the tribe, she would have been already married and had a, a 100%, kid probably. 100%. You know? yep. and, and my 20-year-old, you know, we, we did kind of encourage him to not stay home to move yeah. out to go to Pensacola and now he's like kind of weaseling back in half right. the week he stays with us half is in Pensacola and I'm like oh, I'm just I'm ready for him to go get some it's wings, hard to be attentive know? to all of those different levels mm-hmm. you know what I mean um, because so, you have to so go from one mindset to the other and yoga is life-saving right. <laughs> we have to have something to keep us sane and grounded to be able to deal with all of the things that they need us well for. to your point I hit uh, mitts Monday hitting mitts is like punching to punching mitts uh, coach Oscar buddy of mine, he, well, he coached at the gym, he held mitts for me. I mean, we did it for 45 minutes, not consistently, but just running through drills and this, that, and the other. And like when I left, I felt like a damn million dollars. Mm-hmm. And I had, I was feeling like garbage that day, mm-hmm. all day. 
And then after I got done running mitts with him, like you said, just that grounding. Like you get it, you get through a hard yoga session or a good yoga session when you're done, you're like, bro, let's go. Yeah. Well, and, and that's the, how I felt. The time that we I couldn't sleep that night. We have to give to ourselves, you know, not just teaching or coaching. Sure. You know, we have to get back into you a do. class and take it every now and then. And it was just me and him, because a lot of the fighters didn't stay after. Usually they stay after. Um, I had a bunch of teens stay after, and I had uh, luckily I got a guy Rob who's been with me for a long time, and he watched them. Um, and uh, me and Oscar just ran through drills. That uh, Randy, the guy that told you who I'm working with at Scottsdale, had sent me. Um, and man, I felt so good. Like I said, I couldn't sleep in a good way. Like my brain was just, um, and I had felt like garbage that day. So it was uh, much needed. I'm going to do it again tonight, hopefully, because um, it was like you said that grounding. That's the word you use. That yeah. hippie nonsense word. Grounding. But, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> but it's the same same concept, you know, grounding. It was yeah. that's why I felt I felt mm-hmm. exactly that. Yeah. I just felt good. What do you hope for the future of Crestview? It's a very broad question. That's an exceptionally broad question. Um, well, that's hard because it's just a microcosm of humanity. So I would say I would, the same things I would wish for humanity, for myself, for everybody. Um, man, that's nearly impossible to answer. Um, I would say, let's get a lot more roads. How about that? Yeah. So to that, start. Let's, yes. just get let's just start with roads, let's, and then we can the worry about road, world peace later. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, well, there'll be peace if there's more roads. There you go. There, it's a means to an end. <laughs> um, I don't know. I really like Crestview a lot. Uh, I don't know. I'm so, well, it goes back to that gratitude thing. I just think everything's awesome as it is. Now, would it be cool, like when I went to Scottsdale? Bro, have you ever been there? I haven't. It's, it's, I, live it's, in, I lived in It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, it's a bigger area. It's a very There's different world. It completely looks, different. It looks like you've gone from Earth to Mars. That's it. Yeah. It looked like Mars, bro, <laughs> yeah. and it's dope. There's these big mountains yeah. and just all this stuff. But then, too, well, the air is different. So, like, if you're in the yeah. sun, you feel there like you're being cooked alive. Yes. But if you're in the shade, it's like being in air conditioning. Like, it can be 100 degrees, yeah. but but the humidity's low. And if you're in the shade, you're fine. It like, was beautiful. Like when it was 100 degrees and we get out of our pool... You would have to have like a towel. Sure. Yeah. Which it sounds crazy. Yeah. Well, if you're in the <laughs> but, shade, if you're in the shade, yeah. it's. Um, how about we'll speak to. Culture. Well, you're talking. You want? Do you, how how bad do you want it local? Does it, how how low? That's tough. People need to understand. Young men need to understand, and this is crest you or everybody. You need to commit to something, take responsibility for it, and that's it. Forget about you. And when I say forget about you, we have to remember us. But you need to, we, we gotta stop this nonsense of look for happiness, look for the, no, stop. Stop playing video games, stop drinking, stop doing stupid stuff. Meet a woman, start a family, work hard, be a man. That's what I'm gonna say you first You sound of all. like a bunch of the hippies that you just made fun of. Good, <laughs> the, the, those hippies are my best friends. Because you need to commit to something bigger than yourself and go you know a lot of these i've got a lot of other people who own businesses own whatever and they're just these bachelor jerk like what are you doing man you know don't have your kids with you like what i don't understand what you're doing go be a man is the first thing i'm gonna say but for i mean that's for that's for worldwide i would say well western culture we'll start with because that's where i where i am um is and, and what is being a man well committing to something taking responsibility for it and it doesn't matter that I'm not completely happy. It doesn't matter. No, my ha- happy is an absurd word. It's a temporary fleeting mm-hmm. pleasure. Um, there needs to be an undercurrent of like pursue meaning. Mm-hmm. So like raising my boys, taking care of my old lady, that's meaning. I'm heading a meaningful direction. Now, of course, I still have to get grounded. I've got to hit the mitts. I've got to go for the wall. I still have to do those things. Of course, fair enough. But like, bro, put the phone down. 
uh, stop Gotta get the video up games. out of your own head. Just be a, that's it. Be a person. Just be a human being. We're not wired for this thing that's in my pocket. It's so destructive. We see and we say, oh, I want that. Or, oh, look what they have. Or, oh, oh, they have a boat. Oh, they're on a paddleboard doing, you know, I don't have a paddleboard. I need a paddleboard. Like, you just go through this ridiculous comparison and it like, we all do it. And what are we doing? You know, I do it too. I'm guilty. Why do I have an expensive watch on? Well, because I saw someone else. I got a buddy. He's got some nice watches. And I'm like, ooh, I need that. What am I chasing? I'm chasing status. You know what I mean? When I say that, I like the watch. But I'm, and I'm making fun of myself for a minute. But just pursue what is, well, there's a concept from Jordan Peterson. Pursue what is meaningful, not what is expedient. Expedient is a temporary pleasure. Go out, meet the girl, have a one-night stand, blah, blah, blah. Great. You did great, man. Now what? Oh, you woke up and you feel just as shitty as you did yesterday. What a moron. You know what I mean? Like, go pursue something that has much more to it. Now, this could apply to Crestview. This could apply to everybody. And I realize I'm speaking a lot to men, but that's, I'm a dude. So, um, I can speak to chicks. Stop chasing dudes and stop chasing losers. You know, but that's not what this is about, relationships. But um, as far as Crestview, um, the same as everybody else. Give each other some grace. You know what I mean? When you go to a business, if you go to a business, leave them a five-star review. <laughs> And I'm not talking just about my business. Like, you don't walk away with anything else from the podcast today. Yeah, just like, well, like, when you go to Cosbo, when you go to Crazy Rooster, when you go to, whatever, what is that, Little Haven, when you go to Bamboo, when you go to Wild Olive, when you go to Crooked Tail, when you go to, uh, what's Eagle's Nest, you know, I mean, I would have to name businesses forever mm -hmm. to get them all, but, like, leave them a, a five-star review, you know what I mean? Like, send some good juju out into the universe, because you guys got all these opinions, you got all this, oh, my fries were cold, like, bro, ask him for a microwave. Like you're a grown person, you know. Like if I get and cold even fries, further, be nice to your waitress. There Say you something go. to the managers. Congratulate sure. them on opening there you the go. business because Boom. they are doing the work. They're right? trying, you know. And like, like, what do you want to see in the people around you? You know. You gotta be that first. A hundred percent. You know, and that's it's a most overused quote, but it's true. Be the change you see in the world, yeah. or you want to see in the world, and it's, it's huge. You know, like if I want men to be something, well, I can't be fat. I can't be drinking all the time. I can't be playing video games. I can't like I can't be an absentee father. Like no, I have to model the behavior that I'm looking for in other people. Am I modeling it perfectly? No, of course not. Of course not. You know, is I've it got, easy? No. No, it sucks. <laughs> you know, because there's so many pleasures you have to forego. You know, but where are those pleasures going to get you? They're going to get you nowhere. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and that's what I would say to everybody. So for just Crestview, leave every business you've ever gone to, just go leave them a five star review. All of them. You know, oh, but the, the, the sushi, they grow shut up. <laughs> You know what I mean? Just go do it, man. Like, be nice to somebody else. Now, when you talk to your friends, maybe say, well, I liked this place more than this place for this reason, and I went one time and it was this, but like, bro, you went one time and it was this. Who cares? Mm -hmm. you there know? are or, so many people in Crestview, so many different businesses that sure. you can visit that, you know, we don't all have to be the same. Nope. Everybody's going to, like Gayla said in her podcast, get in where you fit in. There you and go. that's like her perfect fit mm -hmm. model sure. because there's, you know, you're going to find places that resonate or people that the people that you're trying to be a part of that community sure. and that gets back to finding your tribe. You have, finding a tribe is hard though, especially if you don't know who you are and none of us know who we are. Mm -hmm. So like when I talked to Gayla yesterday, she had me dying laughing purely because she described me. And like the way she described me, I was like, what? Cause she's like, so when she first met me, she was like, you were this humongous guy. And I was like, who? and she had asked her friend, like, who is this giant person? And even I was fatter at the time, bigger. Um, and then like, you know, he's in, like she sees me as like this intimidating, big, straightforward, this, that, and the other. And like me, I know myself and I'm like, what? Because mm -hmm. I, I just see myself as, well, we all see ourselves as the child that's still stuck mm -hmm. there. The insecure person that's just trying to figure the world out. That's all I see myself as. 
but then she like she's like yeah you're this big guy and then she goes and then when you got in shape it was even worse because now you're in shape and you're this and you can find i was like like i just couldn't stop laughing for some reason because her perspective on who i was was so far removed from who i feel i am but maybe she's right maybe i am a big scary guy i don't know that you know what i mean and i'm not she didn't mean scary as in like she's scared of me but you know what i mean um but it was just so funny that that external frame of reference mm-hmm. was so far off of what I saw kind myself as. Some self-reflection. Yeah, it was because I don't see myself as that. I just see myself as a giant class clown, mm-hmm. you know? I, I don't know who's just as insecure as everyone else, you know? Mm-hmm. We put off these facades online, but like, no, I'm, I'm terrified of my own shadow the same as anyone else, you know? <laughs> like, I know a lot of guys that get online and it's bravado. I'm the toughest this and I'm a this and I, you're lying. You know what I mean? You're single. Where are your kids? You know, and when I say that, like, I, I know I'm being a jerk about the dad thing today, but um, I, I don't want to hear what you have to say on anything about how tough you are if you can't take care of your family. I, I don't care. Like, that's your first job, your only job. If you can't do that job, everything else you do has me skeptical. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Uh, and when I say that, things happen. You know what I mean? Things happen that are outside of people's control. Family split up. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm speaking either way. You're just the bravado of some men. Um, if but there was a reason you participated in giving birth, then you need to take that. That's it. Just be a, 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 no whatever that means. Even that, that could just mean living nearby mm-hmm. and being cordial. Mm-hmm. She could have cheated on you. She could have. Fair enough, bro. I, I get it. One hundred percent. Figure it out. But if you brought children, those are still your kids. That's your first. So and now, responsibility. Let's hope to God I never have to eat that humble pie. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Let's hope I can keep my my own table in order, which it's going great. So I mean, but who knows what's in ten years? <laughs> right? Exactly. Knock on everything. Because Mallory, my wife, she's amazing, unbelievable, great with the kids, great to me. Like, I, I'm almost terrified of lightning all the time because things are so perfect. You know what I mean? Any minute now, and we have our things. Everybody's got their things, but like, um, our things are <laughs> very little. You know. So, but there was a reason we brought that up. You Just, said something. Um, the future of Crestview. Yeah, but it was you know. after that. There was something, and then I started rambling about. That's the problem with thought is it's so tangential. One thing connects to another, connects to another because things are so intertwined. I'm sure the hippie yoga people always say stuff like we that. Love it. Yeah. We are <laughs> all one with the own blah blah, you know, something like that. That's right. <laughs> See, but that's that's what we need though. We need like because you just said community. You, uh, the tribe thing just two a minute ago. Some people need this as the tribe. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Some people need my gym. Some people need a different gym, a different martial arts mm-hmm. school. Some people need going yeah, to shoot range, like archery, different. like Joey, my buddy uh, Joey the jeweler. Mm-hmm. Um, he goes and does archery. You know what I mean? Because he enjoys that. We all need the thing. And this, for some people, this is the thing. It gets them sweating. It gets them stretching. You're getting that calisthenic work. You're getting that body work. And you're getting that camaraderie. You know? That's why I like offering the, the wide variety of classes that we offer, you know, which some typical yoga studios would say is not, is not a normal thing to do. Like all these dance classes and, and the booty yoga itself is another controversy right. of, of not being. Well, the glow thing seems is. dope. Like, it's so much fun. Because the, everybody seems like, well, I mean, you get to paint. Yeah. You get to dress up a particular way and you get to come work out it's and then take pictures and mm-hmm. for sure. And it just, it's, you do it like on Friday nights. Yeah. So if it's a mom who's been with kids all week, she's like, peace. Yeah. I'm going to go paint there's myself my, and have my some fun. of the club scene that I'm not no longer going well, really, to that's experience. it. But that's a, that's a thing. And if it, if it resonates with you, you should be doing it. Yeah. You know, real yoga. Like once again, yeah. whoever that person is, have them call me and I'll just call them a moron. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> because they're, they have no idea what they're talking about. Well, you know, I told you I've had to come a long way of, of trying yeah. to keep everybody happy and realizing that what I offer is not meant for everybody. But who Are you affiliated with anybody? Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Affiliated with who? Like, are, do you, are you beholden to anybody in the yoga community? Like, where they get to tell you? Um, there's, a, there's a yoga alliance. Yep. Um, 
if I want to start, you know, offering yoga trainings, I would need to meet all of their standards. Yeah. Um, Can they kick you out like John Wick, like excommunicado, and probably, then you're on your own? Maybe. Would they kick you out? Are they? I, I, no, I still own my studio. Yeah. You know, there's but they have no say on what kind of classes you teach. You just have to know X, Y, Z. Right. If I were to host a training and want to be, yeah, if I want these students to leave with this certification through them, right. um, so that they could go teach at any other studio or whatever. But I got you. Anyway, I, yeah, I basically I do what I want. Good. And um, Good. I'm learning to just follow my true essence. Is it social media that gets in? Like you watch other yoga studios and other people, and that gets in your head. Yeah, crest word of mouth is very intimidating. Like I, I there are crest word of mouth. There are people, you know, that that like the keyboard warriors on there that you're, you're about yoga afraid of sometimes. Yeah, so I try not to even post. Like you say, you don't ever talk about your business on yeah, there. Not really. Like every now and then, I'll post like on their little Monday thing, but but. Um, what would somebody on there say about yoga? Oh, there's a whole thing. There's a lot, but uh, one of I mean, our we don't have to get into one of our main reasons of starting the podcast is to eventually have the conversation about yoga and spirituality and religion, and you know our oh, area. so like people like let's say a local Christian person saying that uh, yeah. it's so devil religious. worship or something to that effect, or it's mindless sure activity, yeah. a mindless activity. It's it's the complete opposite of that. And, and it's like nobody would know. Like I would love for the for the pastors who believe that to come and experience class mm-hmm. and and tell me afterward how they felt about it. Because like you said, Joe Blow can talk about that restaurant, but sure. he tried one dish. Did he try right. sure. all yeah. of it? Or just it was a rough night. I mean, or, yeah. have you ever had a rough day in yeah, your life? Yeah, that's what you I know was what gonna mean? say. Like, yeah. If Everybody I was a server, there's gonna be days where like, if I go to the table, I'm like, man, I don't have it in me today. Yeah. You might we catch me one day. We don't wanna be judged on our worst day. No, 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 and that's tough. You know, like yeah. me, I, I always tip too much. Mm-hmm. Um, Probably to my detriment, and I, I don't really care if the server sucks or not. Right. I, I care. Have like, you been a server? Did you, were you ever yeah, a when I was younger. Yeah. yeah, so you have a little compassion for people who are yeah. serving. But even then, I just in general, in anything, I'm just like, ah, bro, I don't know what you went through today. Yeah. Now, if I get the same person a few times and they suck every single time, then I might be like, oh, can I, excuse me, can I get somebody else? I may mm-hmm. ask for the next time I come in, yeah. hey, like if I get somebody I like, I'll call, I'll ask. There's a girl at uh, Hub City, well, everybody at Hub City Barbecue we like. There's a girl named Audrey that's always real good with my boys. Now, literally every single person we've ever had there has been amazing, but I'm just giving mm-hmm. a for example. We might go in and say, hey, can we, is Audrey working? You know, can mm-hmm. we sit in her section? Mm-hmm. If we go to a place where there's certain servers we like or don't like. Um, or if you're having that person with the bad attitude, could you ask him, like, hey, are you okay today? Like, what's going on? Yeah, usually on? I slap him on the butt and say, hey, bro, come on, get it together. <laughs> you know, give him a little pep talk. <laughs> um, but so, yeah. um, how can people contact you if they want to come try your gym out? What's the best way to sign up? Do you have any like specials or promotions or anything you want to talk about? I got nothing. <laughs> uh, I mean, you can follow Atlas Martial Arts on Instagram and Facebook. Um, my name's Brandon. Uh, if you add me as a friend, I, I don't want to hear anything. It's all memes and nonsense on my page. There's no professionalism, so don't expect it. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, you can follow us on, on Facebook, Instagram. We've got a website, atlasma.com. Um, atlasma.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you I also, give, you give me hope because my son going through his struggles right now, um, I got expelled from it's, high it's school. Hard. That helps you. Yeah. My brother did too. And yeah. I feel like that's kind of where you know, he's following the footsteps and I named him after my brother. So well, the question is going to be difficult. what? moral compass does he have and if he has something underneath and then something to latch to he's going to need something to latch to one thing i struggle with with parents that the kids struggling in school so the kids getting in trouble at school and then getting in trouble at home for being in trouble at school and then they come to me and they almost want me to get onto them and it's like okay 
So now so this kid, this kid has no refuge from that. It's the same way like um, uh, one one area psychology's done well in is measuring female aggression. Women are just as aggressive as men, but the expression is in uh, reputation shaming. Um, women are gossipers, as you know, and that's how. So men are much more overt in their aggression. Women are equal. You, you'll, you'll see like the queen in the movie. Who the, she's the silent queen in the background, but then you know she's whispering to this person, and then this thing's getting taken care of, and this thing, and she's putting this person against this person. So that's how women are uh, display aggression. And the reason I bring this up is talking about escaping things. Young girls are having a huge time right now with life because you never leave school. If you've got girls at school that you don't like or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, it's then you while you're at home. You're, you're getting made fun of on Snapchat or TikTok or and you're watching, well, why did John like her thing but not like my thing and this? Mm-hmm. And, it, and so there's this thing, whereas like 30 years ago, 20 years ago, when you left school, it was kind of like, okay, at least I can just be home, regroup mm-hmm. before I have to go back. And then you only had to really face that person you didn't like in third period. Mm-hmm. So you could kind of, all right, I gotta go into third period. You'd face her and then you'd leave. Um, but it's they the same with- that respite right now. Right, and neither, you know, if a kid comes to me and he's having trouble everywhere else, it's like, bro, I, I can't, I gotta be careful how hard I am on him, you know, because, mm-hmm. now don't be wrong, I'll be hard on him eventually. But the first thing he needs is a relationship with me, mm-hmm. you know, because then once we have the relationship, I can say, so what's up with school? You know, and then he can say, well, uh, how you doing? Uh, oh, hmm, interesting, not, not so good, huh? Huh, okay, and then you just move on, but then revisit. Just let him know you're thinking about it. And then eventually you, re- you develop a strong enough relationship where you're like, listen here, bro, do I need to choke you in front of everyone? Like, you know, get it together, which it doesn't work that way, but you get what I mean. Mm-hmm. Develop that relationship before you kind of put your foot on the kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, that helps a lot. I know you're done. That's why you had me say the Atlas thing. <laughs> one, one more little tangent. So. <laughs> well, I booked three wow. hours for our session just in case. Right. <laughs> yeah, thank no, you thank for you so sharing much. with us this today. This has been wonderful. I, I think it's a good opportunity, and just the podcast in general, just to get the stories behind some of our local business owners. Um, you know, we try to get uh, people that we like. No, right. <laughs> we're going to try to get more people Few on, and far between. Um, no. <laughs> that can share, you know, just a little more in depth about their business, why they started, why, I mean, I guess you don't love martial arts, but why you do. No, I mean, do. obviously I do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I said that kind of as a throwaway joke, but yeah. you know, when you do something your entire life, you have to love it a little bit. Well, it just is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it isn't even, I don't know that you call it love. It just is. Does that make sense? I'm, I'm trying to understand it. Uh, me too. <laughs> uh-huh. Because it's, I don't know. I've always done it. So then what, it's like. That is a long time from age you, seven to Yeah, 40. if you're full, you don't know what it's like to be hungry. Mm-hmm. So if someone were to ask you, like. Have you are, taken are you, a break in, in this time frame at all? Yeah, and then I missed it and came back. <laughs> mm-hmm. I haven't taken a break since I opened the gym. But like when I went away to college for a bit, I was out of it some. I was doing it sporadically. Um, you miss the smell. You miss the feel um, for sure. Um, I'd be curious if I left it now, what it would feel like, but I won't have that luxury for a long time unless I just stumble on a bunch of money and then I can <laughs> experiment with it. But no, of course I love it. I mean, I've done it. Does it take a, a little something away? I mean, just like why I, ta- I joked about the insurance for yep. goat yoga and, and now I have to, I feel like I have to have a certain number of people there just yep. to pay the dang bill every Of course month. it takes away. Yeah. So anytime you sell something, it takes away. It does. Yep. Yeah. If you're, if you're cooking for family on Thanksgiving, it's very different than cooking every single day in a kitchen for ungrateful customers mm-hmm. who come and go as they please. Mm-hmm. That's a very different thing, you know? And the tough thing with our industries is, well, me, 
I, you know, I don't know if this is the way to word it. I wear my heart on my sleeves. So if I get to know somebody, like there's only one version of me. You're not going to see me act differently somewhere else. And so once we talk, I feel like, okay, we're friends. Or like once somebody's in my gym, like we're connected. But there'll be people who are in your life for day after day after day after day. And then one day they're gone. You almost never hear from them again. It's not malicious. They just move on. Mm-hmm. And so like as a gym owner, that's the tough thing is you emotionally invest and then they disappear. And you emotionally invest and they disappear. And, emotionally, and like you do that over years and years and years and years and years. It gets tough, you know. Maintaining passion is is nearly impossible in any um, coaching endeavor. Well, one of the differences between what you do and, and we do is that I'm trying to hold space, and it was something I had to learn immediately because I would wear my heart on my sleeve and just sure. absorb all the things from all the people that's hard coming in and dumping it because this yep. is the safe space where sure. they can just let go or have emotional release or whatever. And if you go home and you're carrying all of that with you, like you have to have another practice of yeah. just washing your hands of it and not. I do the same thing. Life. People come in and, and like they sit in front of me in the desk and they tell me everything. So suddenly you're a therapist yep. and you're. You know, but that's why I got into the gig. I would say that's things. my favorite part of the gig. Yeah. Now, as far as bearing it, it's uh, there's a, uh, a concept like I talked about it earlier with men. Like, what's your job? Your job is to bear your cross. You know what I mean? Carry the weight. And then if the cross gets bigger, great. I'll carry it. You know, when I say I. You know, that should be just the job. So when somebody dumps on me, good, send it, send it, send it, send it, send it. Now then, of course, I have to go dump. I've got friends that I dump on, you know, and you mm-hmm. just pass you it around. To, you and just hold on to it. Yeah, and you take that weight and every once in a while you shoulder it for a second, set it down and, you know, then keep, pick it back up, keep moving. And, uh, but no, that's tough. Um, you have to create a little bit of compartmentalization. You can't fully take it on because then it's, I, I do it right now. I've got fighters that they're struggling with certain things. And so then I'm up in the middle of the night thinking about, can I help this person? How can I help this person? What should I say? What should I do? And like, no, you can't. And that's where being more present and whoever, like we always joke about, we never know who's going to walk in the door. Sure. You know, we just, we have where they can drop into class and then, and we will create relationships with people. And then they're like, where'd that, where'd so-and-so go? Like I haven't seen them in months. Mm -hmm. And, and, um, you know, just being present with whatever I'm showing up with as an offering to these people is meant to be today. Sure. You know, whatever, if it's not a great day for me or, or, you know, if I've not, if I feel like I didn't teach my best class, but then someone comes up and says, that was the best class I've ever taken. Right. You know, like just trusting in the universe, some more, some more woo woo for you. Like just trusting that everything is, has manifested how it's meant to be for this exact moment. Well, we talked about earlier the, the um, I know you guys got to go, but the imperfection of words, you know, so you say the universe, the universe is another word for God. It, like what's. What is God to everybody? Any religious structure, God is the thing above all other things. So I use the word, let's say I say the word God. I say Allah. What's the difference? It, I'm, it's a tiny little sound I'm trying to make to describe an infinite concept. It's the same thing. So, you know, we make jokes about the woo-woo and all that stuff, but like whatever that thing is, the thing above all other things, whatever word you want to come out of your face, it's the same thing. Does that make sense? Yes. Because then we try to put it, we try to put it in a box (laughs) and say what it is or isn't. And And we want to judge each other for what we're doing. We can't put it in a box. I thought it was infinite. If it's infinite, I can't put it in a box. Mm -hmm. And that's like a bacteria on my butt trying to speculate as to who I am as a person. Like it's too big of an entity for that thing to understand. It's the same with the universe, God, whatever word you want to use. So no, we're we're on the same page as far as that kind of stuff goes. Um, Just to make another tangential thought. There you go. I need a boo-boo. <laughs> Do you guys get that stuff a lot, yogi and boo-boo, or no? No, I no. get yogurt a lot. Let's go yogurt. practice that yogurt. <laughs> um, you, you said something a second ago, uh, and I, you can cut all this, do whatever you want, but um, 
one thing I, I had to learn and I'm really struggling with is coach who's in the room, you know, because you talked about like that person's gone and you worry about them and then you're not focused on, it's the same when I go home, when I'm with my kids, I need to be with my kids, not thinking about, I shouldn't have said that thing, I probably overshared on the podcast, I probably did it, I, probably, I got the fighters later, I need to do this, so yeah, stop. Yep. Just mm-hmm. dad throw me on the bed. Roger that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's it. We're just my, throwing children on the my bed. My teacher from Fort Walton, one of the best things I, I pulled from her little snippets of wisdom was to be grateful for the student who never returns. And that could mean a multitude of things. Like, sure. why did that student not return? Was right. it me? Was it them? Was this not the space for them? Did they move? Did they, you know, I'm, gra- I'm grateful that they were here. We, we sure. had a small interaction in this little snippet of time right. that, that is the timeline of our life of, of the universe of sure. how long we've been here. So, yeah. I, I think that what you're doing is a great thing. I think that anybody who takes the time to interact with people and help them come to a place of peace in their lives, be it through this aggressive form of fighting or, sure. you know, through laying on the mat in Shavasana, you are giving them space to be and express whatever they need to feel and to, sure. to you know. Anything else you want to add? I think that's it. We just appreciate you sharing your heart and your life. I appreciate you inviting me in. Mm-hmm. It was fun. Thanks. Thank you. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode. May you feel empowered and full of gratitude. Until, Until next time, when grateful hearts speak. speak.